Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Another brutal day ahead at the U.S. border. Title 42 ends. Authorities say they're preparing for a spike in migrant crossings, upwards of 10,000 per day. The Title 42 public health order will terminate. We are making it very clear that our border is not open. It remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. Instead of being with honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. Congressman George Santos sat grim-faced in a federal courtroom on Long Island, where he's arraigned on 13 criminal counts relating to financial fraud. Though Santos was stoic in court, he was defiant outside of it. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to fight the witch hunt. I'm going to take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. The Queen's lawmaker pleaded not guilty to charges of wire fraud, money laundering, making false statements to Congress, and theft of public funds. CNN gave former President Donald Trump a live town hall forum. Why should Americans put you back in the White House? Because uh, we did fantastically. We got 12 million more votes than we had in 2016. Let's just win it again and straighten out our country. Our country has gone to hell. Our borders are bad. Our military has been bad. You look at the taxes. You look at inflation. It's just destroying our country. We've really become in many ways a third world country.
right here, right now. That is today, folks. It is Trump Day here on Sid and Friends in the morning. And going back to the witch tradition of Bernie and Sid in the morning, which, of course, started January 27th, 2016. My dear, beloved, parted friend, God rest his soul, Bernard McGurk, to where we are today, Sid and Friends in the morning on May 11th of 2023. This will be the second time that President Trump makes his way to the program. Now, the first time that Trump came on, Don Imus had literally just left. Of course, he was pushed out. That's the truth. Kind of like what happened to Tom Landry in Dallas for Jimmy Johnson. Kind of like what happened to Don Shula in Miami for Jimmy Johnson. They pushed Imus out, but they gave him the opportunity, of course, to say, I'm leaving. And it was week one, week one of the new Bernie and Sid show in the morning, because, again, when we were hired, I was hired, really. He was already here. 2016, we were hired to do the midday show. So a brief history is, when I arrived, the midday show was just two hours, 10 a.m. to noon. And then, after a couple of months, Imus decided Well, I don't want to do 9 o'clock anymore. He had stopped doing 9 o'clock anyway. It was basically McShane and McGurk. So then the Bernie and Sid midday show went from 10 a.m. to noon to 9 a.m. to noon. And then uh, about two years in, Imus leaves. Bernie and I start the morning show. And week one, the very first week back in 2018, thanks to the work of Bernie McGurk and his relationship actually with Hope Hicks at the time, we did get Trump. The exact date, April 7th, 2018. But it was different back then. You know, uh, for example, you folks don't know this, but I believe the interview was played on a Thursday, Thursday morning, and they wouldn't do it live. So after the Wednesday show, the day before, Bernie and I had to stick around, and I think Matt Meany, actually recorded it. I'm not sure. It may have been Fat Crash. I don't know. But we had to tape the interview, Bernie and I, the day before. And they were very strict about the time as well. They're like, you got six minutes. Now, as it turned out, the president liked Bernie, and he's known me for 25 years, so I think he gave us closer to nine minutes. But they were very strict in their rules. Got to tape it the day before. We wouldn't, they wouldn't do it live. And we had a time limit. Today, that is not the case. This is a live interview coming up, just like CNN Town Hall last night, coming up at 8.05. And at least so far, there have been no time restrictions from the president. So this one, a little different than the one me and Bernie did back in 2018. You're going to get Trump right there on the cuff, like he did last night. So there's a lot out there today. Title 42, that's over. The migrants expect to surge today. As Title 42 does expire, George Santos, he's in a load of trouble. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams actually did something just moments ago that is kind of history-making. He has now suspended the right to shelter here in New York. That has been for decades. And Eric Adams has just suspended the right to shelter. These are all major stories. But we got to start with Trump and that CNN town hall last night. Now, look. I don't know Caitlin Collins, uh, never met her. To be honest, I kind of felt badly for her the last couple of months 
working with that animal, Don Lemon. That's all I knew about her. Her and Poppy Harlow. Pretty. That's great. She's on TV. She's pretty. That's a dime a dozen. But I don't think about her. So I put the uh, the town hall on last night. She stands up in her white pantsuit. Looked very nice. And she starts the town hall. And it took Caitlin Collins about 30 seconds to disrespect the former president of the United States and make it very, very, very clear that Donald Trump, for the next hour, was going to be treated poorly, unprofessionally, and badly. So when Donald Trump last night says to Caitlin Collins, you know, you're a nasty person, I have to tell you, laying in bed with my beautiful wife, Danielle, watching it, we said the same thing. She was nasty. She was flat out nasty. When he answered questions, if it wasn't good enough for her, she would ask the same question over and over and over again, implying implying he was doing something he wasn't doing. Whether it was, basically, you're rooting for Russia because you love Putin. No, no, I don't want people to die, right? Well, the election wasn't rigged. It's a lie. It's a lie. Both MSNBC with Joe and Mika and CNN starting their shows this morning with Donald Trump's election lies. Not a lie. That's his opinion. He certainly, he certainly has some evidence that would explain that. Maybe not enough in the courtroom. But she never gave Donald Trump the opportunity to answer any questions. I thought last night. The abortion one specifically. He said, listen, I want to do what's fair for everybody. That includes pro-life people, pro-choice people. I'm pro-choice. I want to do what's fair. What's fair? Three weeks, three months, seven months. He said, the radicals, that's you. That's the folks on the left. You're willing to kill the baby. And he's right about this. I'm pro-choice, but I do believe After seven months, that's murder. That's murder. And he kept saying, I want to do what's fair. And all she wanted to hear was, sign the abortion ban. And he wouldn't do it. And then this moron, and she's a moron, who do you want to win the war between Russia and Ukraine? Win? What is this, a football game? What is this, the Knicks and the Heat? The Giants and the Eagles? What do you mean win? And that's what Trump said. He said, I don't look at this. As a win or a loss, I want people on both sides to stop dying. That was a great, not good enough, not good enough. No, 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 you got to root for Ukraine. No, I don't. There are innocent Russian people dying as well. It didn't matter what the president said. This lady was so disrespectful. And again, for the second time, I'll say it like he said last night, so nasty and so out of her league that it was embarrassing. It really was. And then I read this morning, you can't make this up, that now CNN is about to promote Caitlin Collins. She's got her own show coming up at 9 o'clock at night after Anderson Cooper. You would think after that, talking about abortions, abortion last night, she'd be relegated to weekends. If not, kicked out to go to MSNBC. No, she's got her own primetime show starting right after Anderson Cooper at 9. What about fake news? Yeah. What about that performance last night? Make CNN believe this lady, God bless her, 
is ready for a primetime show. She was a child, a petulant child. It was impossible to watch. I don't care whether you like Trump or not. Impossible to watch. I'm going to tell you right now. First thing I want to ask President Trump is, in retrospect, did you make a mistake? Would you do that again? Let the man talk. You want to disagree? Go ahead. That's okay. But every single topic this woman brought up last night, she had the answer in her mind, what they wanted. I mean, she actually said three or four times, Mr. President, we're going to give you the chance to admit you're lying right here, right now. Are you nuts? Did you hear that? I know. Mr. President, we're giving you the chance to admit you lied about the rigged election. Okay, thank you. That's very nice of you. Thank you. You and your 19 listeners. Who the ep are you? Who are you? I mean, me, I'm laying in bed. I would have walked out. President Trump is a much more patient man than me. Now, look, I laughed because he was really glib and really funny. And his facial expressions and hand gestures told you all you needed to know. But the truth is, that was rough. That was nasty. And the New York Post, are you kidding me? You know I love the New York Post, less and less lately. Miranda Devine, maybe, and Michael Goodwin, both of them. Miranda Devine and Michael Goodwin, both on this show often. Maybe two of the greatest writers in history. They certainly are the best in the business today. So please, Miranda and Michael, don't get angry. But Donald Trump flat out called Caitlin Collins a nasty person last night. And she was. What does the New York Post write this morning, just two days after the E. Jean Carroll verdict? Donald Trump calls Caitlin Collins a nasty woman. Now, you're going to say, what's the big deal? Nasty person, nasty woman. Oh, that is a big deal. Because right now he's getting bashed for the way he talks to and treats women based on that nonsensical verdict that came out two days ago. They know what they're doing. He didn't say woman. He said nasty person. In fact, let me get to that from uh, from last night. Where is it here, the nasty person? I, there's so many trump cuts here. I see, I, I see it, 13. Yeah, 13. Play 13, and then, again, shame on the New York Post. Nasty person, New York Post, not Nasty woman. Why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them? Are you them? ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's the answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. Oh. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> and she was. Nasty person. New York Post, Donald Trump calls Caitlin Collins nasty woman. So I want everybody here today to contact the New York Post. Again, I'm sorry, Miranda. I'm sorry, Mike. But that's called piling on. Two days after a nonsense verdict, nonsense, they call, they have him calling her a nasty woman. And, yes, he did call her a whack job last night. And, look, if you're Donald Trump and you're alleged to do something you didn't do, and let me remind folks, as CNN put the scroll last night, E. Jean Carroll gets the win on rape charge. CNN, much like the New York Post, that's a lie because they did not get the rape charge. They did not get it. In fact, the jury said she lied about the rape. So you can understand why Donald Trump is frustrated. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. He does bring some of this on himself, some of it. But a lot of it is just, it's just made-up nonsense. And last night, <laughs> that was rough. It was. The whole rigged election over and over again. That's what he believes. And i got to tell you, I have a lot of friends said to me, hey, Sid, I want to vote for Donald Trump, but how do I know my vote's even going to count? Let's play this. Donald Trump, uh, this would be number 14. They ask him if he'll suspend his polarizing talk about the 2020 election. Will you suspend polarizing talk of election fraud during your run for president? Yeah, unless I see election fraud. If I see election (laughs) fraud, I think I have an obligation to say it. And you know what we went through uh, a short while ago has really put our country in a big problem. Uh, I hope to do that. I hope we're going to have very honest elections. Uh, We should have voter ID. We should have one-day elections. We should have paper ballots instead of these mail-in votes. But uh, the answer is yes, and I hope that it's going to be very straight up, because if it's going to be straight up, we're going to win the election. Then they ask him, will you just acknowledge you lost, Caitlin Collins? Donald Trump Lewis, cut number 15. Can you publicly acknowledge that you did lose the 2020 election? Let me just go on. If you look at True the Vote, they found millions of votes on camera, on government cameras, where... Uh, They were stuffing ballot boxes. So with all of that, I think it's a shame that what happened, I think it's a very sad thing for our country. And finally, one more on the election 2020. This is uh, Donald Trump, number 16. He's ready to straighten out our country. So you will suspend talk to his question about the 2020 election on the campaign trail? I guess uh, we're going to just win. We're at a point now. We're getting so close. Let's just win it again and straighten out our country. One other question on this. (laughs) Shut up, Caitlin. There it is. Let's just straighten out our country. Got a lot more. uh, Everything from pardoning the Proud Boys, why Americans should put it back in the White House, Title 42 ending today, his thoughts on the country, taxes, inflation, basically a third world country. Uh, Of course, uh, the abortion ban, Ukraine, Russia, all of that. And, of course, I'll ask him a lot of these things as well coming up at 8.05. So we'll get back to Trump. But today is the day where Title 42 is over, something Donald Trump put in place. And he made the point last night. He said, well, you know, that was a medical thing because of COVID. He said, yes, yes. He said, but even the judge in Texas couldn't believe that this thing was going to go away. We need this now more than ever. And, yes, Joe Biden here in New York yesterday, as Jim Colmer and the House Republicans unveiled all that new information on the Biden crime family, Joe Biden admitted with Title 42 coming to an end, look out. Joe Biden, cut number one. I spent... uh I think close to an hour with uh, with the Mexican president today. Uh, we're doing all we can. Uh, the answer is uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, we've gotten overwhelming cooperation from Mexico. Uh, we also are in the process of setting up resi- uh, uh, offices in Colombia and other places where you can, where someone seeking asylum can go first. So, but it remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. Going to be chaotic. So one of the best parts last night, too, was when she kept pressing Caitlin Collins, Donald Trump, about all the documents that Mar-a-Lago 
He said, listen, Caitlin, we lined them up outside. People were taking pictures of the boxes. We hid nothing. And I was the president. I was allowed to take that home. And, by the way, because I was president, it was declassified. What about Biden? 1,900 boxes, even in Chinatown. They don't even speak English. And, of course, CNN got crazy about that. I mean, it took Jake Tapper 30 seconds when this ridiculous town hall was over to bash Donald Trump about two or three things he said, which included calling Eugene Carroll a whack job. That's what he believes. They don't speak English in Chinatown. And one or two other moments during the town hall that CNN were quick to criticize Donald Trump. Anyway, we will talk to Donald Trump coming up at 8.05. Big guest list today. We get it started with my friend, the host of The Other Side of Midnight. He's about to face a commission. Bo Deedle and Curtis Lee will want him out. But he's too good. Huge ratings. Dear friend, my guy Frank Morano coming up at 6.40. We will talk to Bob Inanway, the CEO of Goya Foods. He'll be here at 7.25. Judge Andrew Napolitano, his weekly visit coming up at 7.40. My mother, Naomi Rosenberg, three days ahead of Mother's Day. She'll be here at 8.25. The ratings highlight of the week, the great Bill O'Reilly. He's coming up at 8.40. My dear friend, another big ratings grabber, Bo Dito, live in studio coming up at 9.05. And, of course, the big one, live at 8.05 this morning, fresh off his appearance on CNN last night, my man, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Thursday with me, your favorite talk show in New York City, sitting friends in the morning. And as Sammy Hellgard was saying all morning, it's right here, right now. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. You're my best friend. 77 WABC. Great Dolly Parton tonight is the Country Music Awards. What do they call the ACMs? 
And Dolly is co-hosting. I like Dolly Parton. So uh, good luck to Dolly Parton later on tonight. I think they're called uh, part one of 17 country music <laughs> yeah. award shows. But it? I like those country music people. Those are great Americans right there. All right, I'm going to keep track. Keep so, track. May 11th. Yeah, that's fine. Is, is, this is one award right. show. Right, right, right. When is the next one going to They be? can do it every night. They're great Americans. American okay. flags. And this is not the um, the Grammy Awards with those America-hating lowlifes. Well, those suck, too. The gra- at least the country music people love this country. <laughs> All to, of them. It's hard to keep track. No, they're good people. Wait, wait a second. They no. won three weeks ago. That guy, <laughs> yeah. Billy Tom Jefferson, who has that. Is that a real song. act? I don't even know. No. Oh, well, I, I have know. no idea. I have no could idea be. either. Yeah. yeah. But Tim McCarthy checked in yesterday. Tim McCarthy used to be the program director here at WABC. And then, of course, he's a guy that started, I guess, him and Boyce, ESPN New York. He's a brilliant radio guy. And Timmy's going in for shoulder surgery today at the hospital for special surgery, but he doesn't want to miss Trump with me. So he's figuring all that out. But he sent me a text last night, and he said, I'm all over that Trump interview tomorrow. Shows have been really great. Joe Takapina, etc. I mean it, and I love the music you play. And he mentioned Depeche Mode. Wow, everybody's into Depeche Mode. I know. He, said, he said, keep the music rocking. Your show is amazing. Tim McCarthy... So good luck to him today. Maureen Walsh, my favorite TV makeup person, checks in this morning. And uh, Mike Butler, great cop, and my PA on my insurance case, another great guy, he checks in as well. People are very excited about this today, which makes me happy because we're excited about it. Donald Trump once again stopping by at 8.05 this morning. So on the sheet today, Justin Ellick gave me uh, two cuts from E. Jean Carroll. And one from E. Jean Carroll's attorney. And I'm contemplating whether to play it or not. Because I do think she lied. I do. And the jury got it half right when they threw out the rape allegation. But being there a New York jury, New York judge, they can't help themselves. They had to slap Trump with something. And now they've given this ammunition to the liberal media to call Donald Trump a sexual abuser which I believe is nonsense. I really do. I wasn't there, but I believe it's nonsense. So if I play this stuff, then I feel like I'm giving life to E. Jean Carroll and her attorney, so I'm not going to play it. But I am going to play AOC. See, I woke up this morning, and I see the headline of the New York Post, 3.30 a.m., AOC blasts CNN. And I go, wow, look at that. Way to go, AOC. She watched this last night. She saw it was a our hit job. She saw how pathetic Caitlin Collins was, maybe a lovely girl. She sucks. Way to go, AOC. Uh-huh. But I was wrong. It wasn't about that. See, if you watch this last night, this took place in New Hampshire, where Donald Trump does very well. And the live audience that asked Donald Trump questions all night was a very partisan Donald Trump audience, they loved him. So they clapped for him every time he spoke. When he made a joke, they laughed out loud. They loved him. And that annoyed AOC. That's why she was mad at CNN. Not for putting on a disrespectful display of garbage, but because they gave life to the Donald Trump supporter. She said it on MSNBC last night. 
This is that ditz, AOC, this moron, cut number 24. What we saw tonight is a continued demonstration of the sacrifice that women and survivors of sexual abuse across the country of all genders experience and the sacrifices that they make in order to come forward and challenge power. And what we also saw tonight was the consequence of doing that. They sacrificed their anonymity. They sacrificed their safety. (laughs) And they sacrifice all of this because we continue to live in a society where an overwhelming amount of structures allow this abuse to happen and find it permissible. Uh, you know, I, I know you said earlier that you will not comment on the platforming of um, such atrocious disinformation, but I would. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. I don't think that it would I would be doing my job if I did not say that. Um, and what we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions that Agreed. put a sexual abuse victim no, at no, risk. No, 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 no. That you don't know that. put that person no. at risk in front of no, a no, national audience. No, what we saw tonight was CNN being irresponsible for putting a girl who's not seasoned enough, a lady, in the same boxing ring as Donald Trump and badgering him all night. 63 minutes of complete disrespect. So you're right. It was a terrible job by CNN, but not because Donald Trump continues to deny that this allegation really happened. Which, again, let me remind you, AOC, the jury said to the one contention, the one contention that E. Jean Carroll had, that it didn't happen. But that didn't stop Fat Chris Christie. He's another loser. Fat Chris Christie from also jumping all over Donald Trump. After last night, on with Brian Kilmeade. This is Christie, cut number 23. His response yesterday to me was ridiculous, that he didn't even know the woman. I mean, you know, how many coincidences are we going to have here with Donald Trump, Brian? I mean, he must be the unluckiest SOB in the world. Yeah. He just has, yeah, you know, random people he's never met before who are able to convince the jury that he sexually abused them. I mean... This guy, it's one person after another, one woman after another. The stories just continue to pile up. And I, I think we all know he's not unlucky, um, that he, he engaged in this kind of conduct. But we know he that. talked yeah. about it himself in the Access Hollywood tape. And I was there with him so? when the Access Hollywood tape came out. And let me tell you something, Brian. He was embarrassed. He was embarrassed then. He's tried to change the whole history now. But he was embarrassed. Oh, enough with them. Sick of that tape. I'm sick of that tape, too. My God. She also was all over about that tape last night. We're going to give you the chance, Mr. President, to apologize. Said, for what? Said, what I said is true. Right? Is Caitlin Collins going to marry a janitor? No. That ain't going to happen. Right? People like people who are rich, influential, powerful. And if you're a woman, this is according to Donald Trump, if you're a woman, you're going to allow that rich, powerful guy to do things that you would not allow the janitor to do. And I got to be honest, of course he's right. He used the P word that freaks some people out. It was a private conversation with him and Billy Bush. But what he said essentially is true. And anyone who denies that is lying. Traffic with Joe Nolan and Frank Morano both coming up next. 
Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Dominic Carter Show. Here, Dominic talks about the court system. I have seen situations sitting in the jury box. That, that's where they put in bed reporters when the jury's not in the courtroom, where if jurors like a defendant it almost doesn't matter what the evidence shows or if a jury likes a certain attorney then they'll see things that defendant's way that jurors that that lawyer's way and of course it also works in the opposite way as well if a jury doesn't like you or your attorney you are done this is Sid on Sports. Oh my Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update, and I just blew out my eardrums. But your Knicks. Actually, first, sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. PeerlessBoilers.com. Find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. The Knicks, they did take care of business last night at the Garden, beating the Miami Heat 112-103 in Game 5 of their East Semifinal Series to keep their season alive and cut the series deficit to one game. Jalen Brunson, he was the best player on the court, and uh, it was a game where he really needed to be. He dropped a game-high 38 points in his 48 minutes on the floor. That uh, R.J. Barrett, I should say, complimented his point guard nicely with his 26, while Julius Randle would add 24 en route to the huge Game 5 win for the Knickerbockers. job is not even close to done, though, as they still trail three games to two as the series shifts back to Miami for tomorrow night's Game 6. Elsewhere around the NBA, the Warriors, they stayed alive as well, beating the Lakers 121-106 to to pull within a game of L.A. in that West semifinal series. And on the diamond here, the Mets and Yankees were both victorious uh, yesterday. The Yanks completed their sweep of the Oakland A's with an 11-3 win in the finale, complete with rookie shortstop Anthony Volpe's first career grand slam. They get ready now for a huge four-game set with the first-place Tampa Bay Rays in the Bronx, set to begin tonight at 7.05 p.m. With Domingo Herman getting the start against Tampa's Drew Rasmussen. And out in Cincinnati, the Mets snapped their three-game skid thanks to a vintage Justin Verlander shoving on the bump that led to a nail-biting 2-1 win over the Reds. They'll see if they can keep it going for a series You love win. to say the bump. Yeah. Yeah, which you do, by the way, on Friday nights, a bunch of those. Hey, now! <laughs> see what he did? A bump. Yeah, the bump. He's going to toe the slab. He's going to get down in the boogie down. Who says that? That's actually what David Cohn says all the time on the Yes Network. And, down, and tonight, down in the boogie down. Yeah, he's a moron. And, well, he's David Cohn. No, I do love David Cohn, but yeah. it sounds stupid. Well, he threw a perfect, just say uh, threw a on the mound game. or toe the rubber. Well, toe the rubber, toe the slab. No, no one says slab. Who says slab? It's baseball lingo. <laughs> it's not. It's stupid millennial ESPN David Cohn lingo. Um. Okay. Yeah, do it the way we did it when we were smart and knew something about the game, please. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, Justin Verlander, he took the mound yesterday. Yeah. There you go. And he pitched the baseball. Idiotic. Very well. Slapping the slab, man. man. And he threw overhand yeah, to um, a, sl- a slew of you batters. You really are a nasty person. To, you a, know that? to a slew of hitters with, with bats in their hands. Booyah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So well, Verlander has a good outing. Mets win 2-1. to one. They'll see if they can keep it going for a series win. Uh, in the finale this afternoon, 12.35 p.m. first pitch, Kodai Senga versus Cincy's Derek Law. And tonight, of course, as previously mentioned, the Devils and Carolina Hurricanes will engage in Game 5. Puck drop, 7 p.m. out in Carolina. With Carolina, Yeah, seriously. Carolina currently up 3-1 <laughs> in that series. Here with sports. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. But you take com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. That sounds so good. Beans from Goya, Judge Napolitano, Naomi Rosenberg, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and President Trump all coming up today. President Trump coming up at 8.05. Big 9 o'clock hour tomorrow. My friend Scott Bayo, You know Scott from Happy Days, Chachi. Of course, Charles in Charge and many other movies and TV shows. Love Scott Bayo. Big story this week. He's leaving California. He's had enough. Homeless people in tents. High taxes, crime, just like New York, same thing. Bayo's moving, and he will join me coming up uh, tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, as well as Joe Namath. Aaron Rodgers, the new quarterback of the Jets, and we'll get Joe Namath talking about Rodgers right here with me. He's a good buddy of mine, Joe, coming up tomorrow. But our first guest today, we kick it off with the man who is the host of the very highly rated And also congratulations to Noam Layden, who's getting 12s from 5 to 6 every morning. Frank Rano gets 12s as well. The other side of midnight, the top overnight radio host in this city. Frank, good morning, buddy. How are you? I am doing great. I had no idea Noam was getting a 12 as well. Yeah. I may have to yeah. stop stop giving him such a good lead-in. <laughs> yeah. Both you guys do a good job by me, too. Now, look, just so you know... When Justin Ellick read the guest list at 5.57 a.m. this morning. The alleged, yeah, which like, one of these doesn't belong here? It's like that old Sesame Street. All right, Bill O'Reilly, Donald Trump, Judge Napolitano, and uh, Frank. <laughs> yeah. No, you belong, but Bo Deal sent me a text right away. And the commission, which uh, Bo was a part of, and Curtis Sliwa, me, and uh, Lewis, and Peter King, they're deciding on a vote. Uh, some of the guys, like Peter and Bo, want to ban you from this program. It's a lot of drama. A lot of drama around well, you, Frank. So, why does Peter want to ban me? Uh, I think Peter doesn't want to ban you. I oh, think, good. Okay. I think Peter's on my side. But uh, it's going to be a close vote. I don't want to do it because, A, you're a good friend, and, B, you're great on the air. But Bo contends, and this is bad if it's true because I love Bo. He's like my brother. Bo contends that years ago... When he ran for mayor, you taped a conversation of his and sent it to the New York Post. 
Now, CNN called Donald Trump a liar for his election fraud um, talk last night. Is Bo lying? Was he telling the truth? No, well, no, he's not lying, uh, but he is misrepresenting the the facts. First of all, it was six years ago, and if uh, if anything I did caused Bo to finish fifth out of a series of six candidates running for mayor that year, uh, I, I don't think this is not uh, help. It's not going to it's not going to help you here, Frank. Well, okay. Well, if I lose the election, I'm just going to claim it was rigged 500 times and and, and complain bitterly about it. But no, what happened was um, Bo denounced me publicly, as I recall. And his tweets are still up there. I think even Seth Meyer did a segment about the names that Bo Deedle called me uh, that day on his TV show, Late Night. And then he left me, a, which I still haven't listened to, uh, a profanity-laden voicemail. And there was already a story. Nah, uh, nah, but, but, Bo, Bo would never do something like that. I know. It's very uncharacteristic. <laughs> he then did the same thing with Curtis, but he let Curtis off the hook. Uh, and then uh, either the Daily News or the New York Post had already done a, a series of articles about about Bo denouncing me because when I was with the Reform Party with Curtis at the time, we didn't endorse him. And then I did forward. Oh, let me stop right there. Now, why, why wouldn't you endorse uh, my friend Bo Deal right there? Why didn't you do that? Uh, well, look. I mean, there, it was not just my decision, but we didn't think he was the best qualified candidate. And clearly, the vast majority of New Yorkers uh, agreed. Uh, but And uh, he had the opportunity to run in a primary. He, if he chose to become a member of the Reform Party, he wouldn't have needed our permission. And he tried to run as a write-in, and the members of the Reform Party at the time and the registered independents that were allowed to vote in the Reform Party primary, they didn't vote for him. Um, but um, he left me a voicemail, which I did forward to a reporter who was doing a serious series of articles about this uh, Bo Deedle. Well, let me uh, do my best but... Caitlin Collins right now. A couple of times last night, I want to get your opinion on this. She gave Donald Trump the opportunity to apologize, take stuff back, and she was doing him a favor. Do you want to apologize, take it back, or are you okay with what you did six years ago? I think through the prism of hindsight, I probably uh, did not do the right thing. And uh, huh? if Bo felt that that was a violation of uh, of our trust, then yes, I absolutely will apologize. Wow. How about that? That took a very, very big man just now, Frank. Very big man. So it comes down to two things. Either you love being on this show and you're terrified <laughs> you're going to be banned, or you're scared to death of Bo, both of which I don't blame you for. Both. Uh, <laughs> let's get to uh, last night. Seriously, what were your thoughts uh, you heard me talk about it for the better part of 40 minutes. I thought Caitlin Collins was disgraceful. She was nasty, to Donald Trump's point. This was an agenda-driven, biased hit job for the better part of 63 minutes. What did Frank Morano think of the town hall last night? Well, look, I have a multitude of thoughts, both on how it was produced. First of all, I'm glad it happened. I think it was a smart thing for CNN to do, and I think it was a, a smart thing for Trump to do. Um, I thought in terms of Trump's performance, I thought he gave some answers that were very good, very strong, right on the money. I think his explanation of the Ukraine situation was um, very strong, and I think his retort on why he wasn't labeling Putin a war criminal was exactly the kind of leadership which shows why this conflict would be de-escalated by Trump uh, getting into office. I think his uh, kind of refusal to take a position on a national abortion ban was very weak. And oh, uh, I disagree. I don't know. I disagree. Okay. Well, because what, mean, he, what, he, what he did was, if he said, I'll, I'll ban abortion, then one side gets furious. What he said was, hey. I want to make both sides happy. Let's figure out a way to make the pro-life people and the pro-choice people 
happy. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I don't think you're going to make the uh, pro-choice people happy, given the fact that you appointed the justices that undid the Roe versus Wade decision. I, I think you have to say what your position is. Either you're for a, a ban after 15 weeks or you're not. It, you could just say, we'll leave it up to the states. That's a reasonable position. But I, I think to kind of dodge the question and refuse to say what your position was, was very un-Trump-like. It was very like a typical pandering politician. And then, uh, look, I, I know he's all about this uh, rigged election. 2020 thing. I just see that turning off so many general election voters. I mean, it's clear to me he's already going to win the Republican nomination, barring uh, I don't even I don't even know what could happen to keep him from the nomination at this point. So I, I think he really misses an opportunity to win over folks that like his policies in states like Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and um, and Arizona, but mm. that don't necessarily like the, the um, I don't know, kind of the style in which he says a lot of that. So uh, that was that. But as far as Caitlin Collins goes, I agree with you. The clip that you played where um, she said, yeah, that's why I asked the question. I agreed that that was a degree of snarkiness that was completely unnecessary. I think on the whole, she had an impossible job. I mean, Donald Trump, even under the best of circumstances, is a tough guy to keep up with for an hour because uh, he's no, like but, a, but a he, fucking bronco. But, no, he was not, though, last night. He sat there almost medicated, and he, you know, uh, he, he, he was he did. medicated. He, he, no, if that's medication, then uh, that's even more Frank, energy than Frank, balance what? of nature. No, no, I mean, that's, no, that's Frank, a, lot of, that's just a not, lot of energy. No, that's just not true. It wasn't. I mean, yeah, eventually he'd raise his voice when she asked him the same question six or seven times, but he sat there very deliberate very measured, and she would ask him the same question ten times. It was almost like like a cop in a coerced confession. Well, no, I agree with that. No, so so don't tell me that for the most part you had an impossible job. Ask the man the question. Let Trump answer the question. And if it doesn't go your way, move on. Move on. uh, You know, Brian Kilmeade said to me this morning, you know, one of the guys that does this well is is George Stephanopoulos. If he doesn't answer the question, you don't need to uh, keep asking it six times. You could just say, all right, you didn't answer the question. We can can move on. Uh, It's also, I also would love to know, how the questioners were selected. The audience people that uh, that had those questions, did CNN know those were the questions that were going to be asked? Did they select the people without knowing the questions? There was a big lack of transparency on how this whole thing was produced. But I'm glad, you know, under Chris Lick's leadership, they're at least willing to experiment a little bit like this. And that's not something that would have happened uh, under, under Jeff Zucker. It reminded me a lot of 2016, uh, where you see these mainstream media outlets that are not necessarily right wing, giving Donald Trump uh, a lot of free publicity. And uh, if this is what we're in store for, I think the result may be a repeat of 2016 as well. Not exactly a profile of courage for me for Chris Licht. He uh, told his host basically go out there and badger and berate and try to embarrass the former president. It was not where it was a forum. It was not where President Trump was able to say the way he felt, what he wanted to do for this country. It was 63 minutes of beating the living daylights out of him. I'm sorry. It was not a lot different than Jeff Sucker for me, Chris Lick, uh, and CNN. It never would it have happened. Miserable. It, so it what? never would have happened. And you know what? It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. No, I, I and that, that's the first thing agree. I'm going to ask. Well, how did that go well for President Trump? For 63 minutes, he sat there. This young girl who's a nobody yelled in his face, asked him the same question time and time again, sometimes seven or eight times, called him a liar five times last night, a liar. How did that go well for President Trump? Explain well, it to me. I, 
because these folks, you you got to see in prime time on a network that de- generally doesn't hear that hates Trump them. talking. That hates well, them. That, the viewership of this network doesn't generally hear a pro-Trump message for right. an hour. They not only got to hear what Trump had to say on issue after issue, they got to hear it over a vocally pro-Trump crowd laughing at everything he says, cheering everything he says. It actually gave the impression to the TV viewer oh that CNN in, endorsed this kind of a format. And that's why <laughs> you are seeing the left wing yeah. today yeah. go nuts today. Dan Rather tweeted last night, yeah. uh, does CNN have to report this as an in-kind contribution. Yeah, I, I know to what Trump. he did, and I played uh, the Keith I, I, Olbermann. I played the I, AOC. Yeah, I heard you, AC. Yeah, and yeah. look, there's a reason. If this went poorly for Trump, and look, if you read the New York Times article today, Trump's advisors are ecstatic about how this went. The um, if this went well for Donald Trump, you would not see. I'm excuse me. If this went poorly for Donald Trump, you would not see the hard left in this country be going apoplectic sure you would. today. Sure you would. No, you would. Because wouldn't. yes, no, you, you would. would. Because like you said, it was a pro-Trump crowd. They didn't want that. Even though, look, I'm going to ask the president. So we'll hear straight from him. I don't care what Dan Rather says, AOC says, Trump's people says. That's going to be the first question coming up. In retrospect, would you still do this? And I can't wait to hear his response. Now, I think under Rupert Murdoch's Fox News channel, there's no way they would do something like this in the current climate. Let's uh, wrap this up with this big peace rally. Coach Judge Napolitano is going to join me, Frank, in about 45 minutes, about 60 seconds to go. May 27th, big peace rally with my man Frank Morano and Judge Napolitano in Kingston, New York. Tell the listeners about this. You know, one thing three of your guests at least today have in common, Donald Trump, Judge Napolitano, and Frank Morano, is we do not want to go to nuclear war, World War Three with Russia over Ukraine, a country which is not even a NATO ally. And yet we have a bunch of jokers in both parties in Washington. Their idea of bipartisan is you have one party, uh, or their idea of two parties, you have one party that wants to go to war with, with China, another party that wants to go to war with Russia. The American American people and the world's going to lose if we continue with this militaristic approach. So Judge Napolitano and me and Gerald Salente, we're doing this rally May 27th, Kingston, New York, the first capital of New York. People can learn more about it. OccupyPeace.com. Don't let the warmongering neocons that run Washington get us sucked into World War III. We're going to have a big turnout. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Great job as always, Frank. Really great job. Loved having you on this morning. We'll vote later on today, but you know where my vote stands. My vote stands with the best overnight radio host in this city, and that is you by a distance. Frank Morano, folks, check him out. Other side of midnight every weeknight overnights here before me and Noam on ABC. Hour number two about to come your way, which includes Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Judge Napolitano all leading up to President Trump at 8.05. Radio 77 WABC. Oi! This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. I better go 
Frank, but he's nuts. Caitlin Collins had an impossible job. Are you nuts? She didn't stop, and people are sending me texts. Well, they told her to do it. Well, that sounds like a Nazi soldier to me. I'm not saying Caitlin Collins is a Nazi soldier. That's a comparison Democrats would make. Detention centers, uh, concentration camps, that type of nonsense. But don't tell me she was told to do it. She was completely disrespectful. Never allowed the guy to speak. There wasn't a forum. They didn't give Donald Trump an opportunity to tell the American people that may not vote for him, that watch that channel, how he's going to fix it. Every time he said something, she called him a liar. How was that? Who cares about the people in the audience? You know who cares about that? Idiots like AOC, Frank. She cares. Well, like you mentioned, Dan Rather, two of the biggest douchebags in the country today. What do I care what they care about? I don't care the, the people in the audience had scripted questions. You know, I know they were scripted. They couldn't even read them. Clearly, they were seeing these questions for the first time. Oh, but they were asking their own questions, right? There wasn't a forum. It was a badgering. There was a coerced confession. Every single, I'm going to give you the chance, Mr. President, to call yourself a liar. How was that good for Trump? She's um, pathetic. Now, maybe his people said it was good because he's never, ever, ever going to admit to being beaten, which he wasn't. He destroyed this lady last night. But don't tell me that was a healthy, open forum, and Chris Lick should be congratulated. That was amateur nonsense. And if you would have told me Jeff Zucker was in charge, I couldn't tell the difference. Or Phil Grippen at MSNBC, right? Any one of these people. What were you you watching? I mean, Donald Trump sat there until she told him he can stand at about 9.45 last night. Never really raised his voice, except for the parts when she would call him a liar and talk over him for, I don't know, five minutes. What were you watching? What? I mean, he was he sat there and tried to make his points, and she destroyed him time and time again. Uh, I mean, did you watch it? Amateur is a good word. Using really so amateur. Word. That's amateur, because if you think back to the old anchors of the day who would do this, you could pick. Listen. You could see. Peter Jennings or somebody acting like that. Yeah, Jennings, even Brokorn, rather, horn in the bag. I mean, look, Savannah Guthrie did a town hall with Trump years ago, and that was biased. In fact, it was the same night Joe Biden, I believe, did an interview with George Stephanopoulos. And Guthrie was biased. But Guthrie, compared to Caitlin Collins, (laughs) Walter Cronkite. I don't know what the hell you were watching, Frank, but that was not an open, that was not a good forum last night. I did not see it. It was disgusting. Right, right. Yeah. But I, from hearing the audio, I could you could see. You yeah, you can, you can hear it just from the audio, exactly. I, I could see now what CNN's playing, and I could see how she's just confronting him, too. Well, CNN and MSNBC, right, you see her right there, hand gesturing, yeah. telling him to stop, let me talk. You don't have to be tough, just, just do, just do right. the questions. And then over and over again, you're a liar. Well, the election was rigged. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. There is nothing. What do you mean? This is, you're asking me a question. That's it. Right. That's it. This is not a debate. It's a town hall. Yeah. You, let, you let Joe Biden debate him. Yeah, he not you, know. Caitlin Collins, you dope. You don't know. He doesn't know. That's it. It's a question. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I mean, not what, Andrew Yang? Look, look at these people that, uh, that Murano was sending me, I guess, that 
thought she had a difficult job, or CNN did a good job. I don't care. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, no, he's sending me all kinds of Twitter responses. Uh, uh, <laughs> please don't tell Frank to stop before I suspend him, before the commission even votes. <laughs> while he, I mean, just stop. While it was going yeah. on, Justin turned to me and goes, Frank, slow down. You're going to get suspended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. She, lie. You she says to him last night, she goes, is the Carroll verdict, should that disqualify you from running for president? It's not even a criminal verdict, you dope. It was a civil case of which the charge that E. Jean Carroll contended, the jury called her a liar. But New York jury, New York judge, Trump ain't going to walk away unscathed, so they went to number two on the jury instruction list. And what with sex abuse? Any decent, any decent, and you've heard Dershowitz say this, Idala say this, and Takapina, all three. On my show yesterday, any decent appellate attorney is going to get this thing thrown out. I don't care what they categorize him as. This is, um, let me see, what number is this? 21. Does the Carroll verdict disqualify you? Also a disrespectful, stupid question. 21. Manhattan jury found that you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? They're idiots. There aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. I think I'm I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And usually you, you leave office. You say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up, and they went up with the other fake charge, too. Because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. You know what is fake? What Mayorkas and Biden and all these people are telling you about the border. Title 42 ends today. What they're saying, that's fake news. Mayorkas said yesterday, Title 8 is going to fix this. And this is really the Republicans' fault. It's Congress. The Republicans never did a thing about immigration reform. Yet, yet, when Donald Trump was president for four years, we had none of these problems. None of them. Zero. He made that point last night, too. And again, she wouldn't leave him alone. He tried to explain to her that he built miles and miles and miles of new wall Replaced old wall. She had a number in her head, 52 miles. She said it 10 times. Frank Morano, what were you watching last night? Here's Mayorkas, cut number two, about Title 42. The Title 42 public health order will terminate. At that point, we will once again process people at our southern border using our immigration enforcement authorities under Title 8 of the United States Code. Our overall approach is to build lawful pathways for people to come to the United States and to impose tougher consequences on those who choose not to use those pathways. We are taking this approach within the constraints of a broken immigration system that Congress has not fixed for more than two decades. And without the resources we need, personnel, facilities, transportation, and others that we have requested of Congress and that we were not given. One more, number six, says the border's not open, folks. This guy should be put in prison today. Mayorkas, cut number six. We are making it very clear that our border is not open, (laughs) that crossing irregularly is against the law, and that those 
who are not eligible for relief quickly returned. Do not listen to the lies of the smugglers. This is what will happen to you. You will be returned. Okay, sure. And uh, one more guy who should be put in prison, right with Mayorkas, is President Biden. If you missed it, we were the only network, us and Fox News, to carry this live yesterday. While all the liberal networks were going on and on about Trump and Eugene Carroll and George Santos, which is an important story, we covered the James Comer House Republican press conference on Capitol Hill. Ironically, Biden was in New York. While these House Republicans told the world that while Joe Biden was vice president, his family made deals with all of our enemies, and they continued for many years, maybe still, to get millions and millions of dollars, including China. Here's Jimmy Comer, cut number seven. Instead of being with honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements, showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. So you want to hear somebody, unlike Mayorkas, tell the truth about Title 42 and the border? Listen to President Trump himself. This is once again courtesy of the CNN town hall, that nonsense last night. Donald Trump, cut number 19. Title 42 is expected to expire. Our southern border and now our northern border are experiencing record migration. We learned on May 2nd that the Biden administration plans on deploying 1,500 troops to the southern border. Do you agree with deploying troops to the border, and how will a Trump administration slow down the rate of migrants coming across all our borders? Sure. A very fair question, especially since tomorrow is going to be a day of infamy. You're going to have tens of thousands of people pouring into our country. Even the judge, you know, the judge overruled them when they wanted to terminate it early. And he said, you know that you better extend this thing. The judge in Texas said, I hope you're going to extend this. But this is my policy that they're letting terminate because they lost in court. They wanted to go earlier. You're going to have millions of people pouring into our country right now at a level that nobody's ever seen before. These people are sick. Anybody that wants this to happen to our country, they're destroying our country, and this should not be allowed to happen. How they're not going to do a version of Title 42 or my Title 42, which was tough, if people are sick and have infectious diseases and lots of other problems, we don't want them being into our country. We have enough problems right now. We have problems like we've never had in the history of our country. But, Mr. Our country, President, our country the is reason being it's ending. destroyed. Shut up. Jeez. He said, don't believe the number three, four million. My number, 15 million. That was from um, President Trump, who once again will join me coming up at 8.05 this morning. We do have Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up. Listen back to that. That was a very measured Donald Trump. Not hyped up, not over the top, not yelling and screaming. Again, Frank, I'm not sure what you watched last night. But to me, Trump was calm and measured despite being baited all night long by a very amateurish K.
Caitlin Collins. Again, Bill O'Reilly's morning message, Judge Napolitano, always great on a Thursday, and then Donald Trump. Keep it right here with me, Sid, on a Thursday. Morning, 77 WABC. I'm winning. Well, Donald Trump's winning right now. He's beating Ron DeSantis by a wide margin. Primary polls and Joe Biden in the GE coming up in 2024. Now, just ahead of Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, my mom, Judge Napolitano, and President Trump. I'll throw five minutes here to a very, very good friend of mine, a dear friend of John Katsimatidis, and a guy I consider a great man. He's the CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Anonway. And uh, he's got some thoughts on Title 42 ending today. And, of course, his buddy, President Trump, they call him Bobby Beans. Bobby, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you doing? You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, two things we'll get to in these uh, couple of minutes. Title 42 ends today. You, my friend, are Mexican. You're also in the great state of Texas. What are your thoughts on Title 42 ending today? Yes, well, I'm, I'm actually Spanish and Puerto Rico background, but, okay. you know, one of the United States is the second largest Latino country in the world. You know, F- Title 42, what, the lifting of it is just another one of the symptoms of the, the, the unraveling that the Biden administration did on the first day with nearly 50 executive orders unraveling, destroying what was built over four years. It's easier to destroy than it is to build. And I like the words of the Cuban patriot and martyr, Jose Marti, who said, there are those who are born to love and build, others to hate and destroy. And what President Trump built in four years, a strong economy, a strong America, an America working, the Biden administration and the far left destroyed within 48 hours. They put out 50 executive orders unraveling all that was built. Title 42 was was part of it. And Title 42 was set up for COVID, but it really did little under the Biden administration to to, uh, impede people coming in. Now it's going to be on steroids. What President Trump did at that time, he was building a wall, but he also spoke to Lopez Obrador and said, look, 
if you keep sending people over, I'm going to put tariffs on your products. And he threatened that, and then within a day or two, they were they were helping us. He pretty much stopped this immigration. Yeah, he did. You know, today we have a country that's unrecognizable. Yeah, we're hating and destroying. We're dividing. We're moving away from God. It's a war of evil versus good. It's an attack on our freedom. You know, we lose our freedom. I, I go to service people and I say, thank you for our freedom. Because these men and women fight for our freedom. President Trump, nobody could do what President Donald J. Trump has done. And we need him back to rebuild what he already built. Because it takes a talent, it takes conviction. I mean, this man is attacked every day. They hate him. They hate our country. They don't hate him. He's just in the way. They hate our country. They're destroying our country. We need to love, build, move closer to God, and move away from this hatred and destruction that is you know, symptomatic of this administration in the far left. We're going to lose our country. Yeah. Well, let's take this to the local front. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams has labeled your governor. You're in the state of Texas, Governor Abbott, a racist. And I yelled at Mayor Adams. I yelled at him. I said, Eric, stop using that word because often when you use that word often, you're described as a racist. There's nothing racist about this. This is blue, not black. It's Democrat policies that are destroying the best cities across this country. I mean, quite frankly, if Bill de Blasio was the mayor and he's white, Abbott would be doing the same thing. It has nothing to do with a black mayor. But uh, that's the tack that he took. Now, you live in Texas. I've seen pictures of El Paso. I mean, it is very, very tough to watch. I'm not sure where you are, Bob, but what's going on in your state is absolutely unsustainable. Yeah, we, we're in the Houston area. We're in a town called Brookshire. Seventy percent of the kids in that town have no father present. You know, we have an attack on the family, on God. And, you know, in, under Donald Trump, we had zero inflation. We had work. And this in immigration, this, it's an invasion. You know, we have to have strong borders. It, it's making us poor. Inflation is making us poor. Our weakness around the world, by pulling out of Afghanistan, they walked into Ukraine. They, you know, we have Iran, North Korea, China. We are sh- showing so much weakness. We used to be a nation that protect, protected the weak. We need, you know, w- w- this is making us poor. We're going to be, become a Venezuela. You know, we have no control on the border. And to, I, I tell you, I think this if it's not done intentionally, at least the, at the very least, nothing is being done about it. You throw Kamala Harris at this problem, you know, what no, are you please. talking about? Come on, come on. Donald Trump himself, the art yeah. of the deal, he went and he looked at Lopez Obrador and he said, look, you're going to fix this, the art of the deal. But he's a man who has sacrificed everything. That's why I love this man. He has sacrificed every everything. No one else has done what he's, he needs to do it again. I don't know why he would do it, but this is a man who has sacrificed everything. We've got to stop attacking him if we want our country back. Well said, Bob. That's why you're on this morning, Bob Ananway, the CEO of Goya Foods. And let me say this. It is a multi-billion-dollar company. Everybody loves Goya's beans. We all love it, right? And we celebrated Cinco de Mayo together last Friday. You, your great chef, Jose, was live in studio. You guys do a lot of great work. I know, for example, 
Uh, my daughter Ava wants to get involved with saving some of these young ladies that have been placed in sex trafficking, all that horrible stuff. And you guys actually have programs to help some of these people. So you're a great man, a great company. In the final 60 seconds, your final message to President Trump set to join me in about 30 minutes. Well, I, I thank, you know, I, and by the way, I love you also. You're, you're, you're fantastic. And President thank Trump you. also stood for, for the week for the trafficking. He wanted to stop the drugs and the trafficking across the border, which is this is part of this Title 42. It's not just people coming across. It's drugs and, uh, you know, it, it's trafficking and all that. <clears throat> I thank President Trump for his service, for our freedom. God bless him. And let's help him bring this country back to strength and move closer to God, to love and to build. Bob, that's a great message. I'm so glad you hopped on this morning. I know President Trump loves you. So do I. Uh, You're a great man. Goya is a great company. We'll talk again very soon. Enjoy the interview, buddy. Thank you so much. God bless. We'll do. God bless. Bob Anonway, CEO, Goya Foods. We do have Judge Napolitano. He's a great Thursday guest. He's coming up next. Then... That 8 o'clock hour, President Trump, my mother, she loves Trump, and Bill O'Reilly. An amazing hour before Bo Deedle comes your way at 9.05. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Classic, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, 745 on your gorgeous sun-splashed Thursday morning here in New York City, back on New York's number one talk show. Number one by a distance, by a distance. Why? Well, Joe Namath, 925 tomorrow, Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, President Trump coming up in about 20 minutes, and the best talk show host outside of Howard Stern in the business. That's why we're number one. And guests like this guy who's on every Thursday at 740, many, many years on Fox News, radio shows, I miss now his own very successful podcast. He is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, good morning, buddy. How are you? Oh, good morning. I'm fine, Sid. How are you? But look, no pressure on me. You know who I'm preceding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. you got a very big audience right now. I'm talking about Mrs. Rosenberg. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. You know, I'll tell you something. Trump actually postponed. He was supposed to be on yesterday. And a bunch of people on my social media said, that's okay as long as Naomi is still coming, <laughs> to your point. So thank you for mentioning my mom. I appreciate that. Judge Knapp, look, I had Arthur Idala, Alan Dershowitz, and Joe Tacopino all on the show yesterday, all three. And all three agree. E. Jean Carroll who's running around New York City with a big smile on her face, 
If you think she's getting $5 million, good luck with that. She's on every network. Oh, he knows now what he did to me. The jury said no. The jury said she lied about the rape. Now, I know they came up with the number two charge and some money, but the truth is the jury said she lied about the only thing she contended happened. How did she win on Tuesday? She won because the trial was profoundly unfair and unjust. Uh, Judge Kaplan did what most judges would do, but which I never did, which is to allow uh, testimony in uh, by people who have nothing to do with the case and have a grudge against the defendant. So, A, he allowed that Access Hollywood tape to be played five times. That had nothing to do with whatever happened or didn't happen uh, in a lady's dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman. B, uh, he permitted uh, two other women, each of whom claimed uh, to have been uh, pushed upon by Donald Trump, neither of whom complained about it at the time, neither of whom went to the police, neither of whom uh, sued him. Utterly unbelievable, one of which happened 40 years ago. So New York has a rule, and the feds have a rule. It's a damnable rule, and I never followed it. Sometimes I was reversed by the appellate courts, called prior bad acts. And it permits the judge to exercise his or her discretion and allow uh, the person suing or the government that's prosecuting to tell the jury about other things the defendant did, which are embarrassing, inexplainable, not good, to tarnish the defendant's reputation. I never permitted that in because it has nothing to do with the case at hand. Judge Kaplan permitted all of that in, and I believe the outcome will be reversed and a new trial will be ordered, and it will be ordered before another judge which will be a slap in the face to Lou Kaplan. Agreed. I know uh, that uh, Morano was telling me earlier, Caitlin Collins had an impossible job last night. That's nonsense. She followed the script. Joe Tacopina, he had an impossible job to try to win a case in front of Kaplan and a New York jury, and he did just that, getting rid of that rape allegation. Now, okay. on, the, on, on the other case with Alvin Bragg, uh, Tacopina told me on this show yesterday that they're looking to move that to federal court. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think that will succeed. Uh, I never heard of moving a criminal case to federal court. You can move civil cases to federal court uh, if the federal uh, cause of action and the federal jurisdiction is more appropriate. But the feds are not going to try a state criminal case. But let me say a word about Joe, not just because he's been my friend for 15 uh, or 20 years. His cross-examination of E. Jean Carroll was textbook. I mean so good that law students will study it uh, in the future. He absolutely demonstrated the highest art of cross-examination, one of the finest modern cross-examinations I've ever uh, seen, Uh, and that caused the jury, on the essence of her claim, the essence of her claim was that Donald Trump raped me. That was the first question her lawyer put to her in her first answer. Ms. Carroll, why are you here? I'm here because Donald Trump raped me. A week later, the jury unanimously rejected that. And the only reason they did so is because of Joe's utterly brilliant cross-examination. I couldn't agree more. And then I was told there are, there are jury instructions. And it kind of goes like this, Judge Knapp. If, in fact, rape is yes, then go to number four. 
I'm not sure what number four is. If rape is no, then go to number two on these jury instructions. What happens to be number two? Sex abuse. So it's clear to me that this jury said, look, he didn't rape her. Odds are he's telling the truth, Trump. But, but we can't let Donald Trump go unscathed. Go to the next one on the list. And the next one on the list is literally sex abuse. And they trump up a bunch of charges. But as uh, all three attorneys told me yesterday, any decent appellate attorney will have this case thrown out, dismissed, and she ain't going to see a penny. I think you're right. I mean, unfortunately, it'll mean another trial, but it'll be a trial before a different judge uh, with different ground rules. You know, the greatest judge in New York history, uh, Benjamin Cardoza, once said justice is determined by the personality of the judges. He's right, but that's wrong. He's right that it is determined by the personality of the judges, but it shouldn't be. It should be determined by the law. The trial should be fair. It shouldn't be a reflection of what the judge thinks uh, of the uh, of the defendant. I, I don't know anything about Judge Kaplan's uh, politics, but it's obviously obvious from day one that he did not like an absent defendant. He didn't like this defendant, yep. and he felt this defendant uh, needed his comeuppance because of uh, political reasons, and and that's just not right uh, in in America. Well, that that's yep. not the system that we yep. have in this country. Right, you say political reasons. All you have to do. Like in everything else in life, Judge Knapp has followed the money. If you know who funded E. Jean Carroll's defense, this is another George Soros. Same guy. Yes. Same guy. Yes. So don't tell me yes. it wasn't political. I do want to ask you about George Santos. They unsealed the indictment yesterday. Thirteen charges. Everything from money laundering to fraud. I mean, serious, serious stuff. What do you think he's facing? Well, he's facing 20 years in jail, uh, Sid, and uh, just reading uh, the indictment, the, char- the, the charges are profound uh, and, and uh, substantial. Now, look, he's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, the people on the east end of Long Island are entitled to have somebody in Congress uh, representing them. He does vote uh, loyally and consistently with the Republicans' uh, uh, in the House, unfortunately for Kevin McCarthy, he's only got a four-vote majority. He can't afford to lose uh, Santos. That's the political side. The legal side is he's going to have to defend himself. I don't think there'll be a trial. He'll uh, plead guilty. Uh, he'll go to jail. He'll resign uh, from Congress. The people in eastern uh, Long Island will be out without a member of Congress for a while. When somebody resigns from the Senate, the governor gets to appoint a replacement immediately. When somebody resigns from the House, you have to have an election. You can't have an election immediately because first you have to have a primary and then you have to have a general uh, election. Uh, But the case against him uh, is a very, very strong one. Now, your listeners should know none of this has anything to do with anything he did as a congressman. All of this is before he was in Congress. All of this has to do with his patterns of lying and deception. Uh, cheating people out of money, cheating his own uh, benefactors and donors out of money, if if what the feds say is true. But the feds have to prove their case uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. I don't know who's representing him, but my my guess is guilty plea pretty soon, uh, a plea bargain. All right, 60 seconds to go. You're, you're always really great. I mean, great, Judge Knapp. What a perfect guy to have before 
the president comes on. But one of the things CNN and MSNBC have beaten Trump up about this morning is that he said last night that he will pardon, and very quickly, a lot of the January 6th rioters who are rotting in jail for doing nothing but uh, approaching the Capitol building. That's the truth. As he pointed out, on any given night in the summer of 2020, whether it was Antifa, whether it was BLM, those people, those people killed people, burned down police buildings, beat up innocent people. Those were the people who committed insurrections, not January 6th. So he said, yes, I'm going to pardon some of these people. I had no issue with it. Did you? Oh, absolutely not. Look, the essence of a pardon is not justice. It's mercy. It's the belief in the heart of the chief executive that these people under these circumstances, just like he did with Roger Stone, just like he did with Paul Manafort, just like he did uh, with that old lady that was serving uh, 30 years because her kid gave her marijuana. Oh, that was uh, Alice Johnson. That was a good job by Kim Kardashian. Right. Now, he and I discussed his pardons many times and at length, and he has a big heart, and in that heart uh, is a merciful place, and he will exercise uh, that mercy. So in the, la- in the last 30 seconds, I know that you've been friendly over the years, Judge, with President Trump. I know he's listening right now at Mar-a-Lago as he gets ready to come on with me. What's your message to President Trump? He is the most courageous president in the modern era. He is the only one who has the courage and fortitude to stop the deep state from destroying our freedom and to stop America's forever wars from uh, depleting our treasury and taking the blood of innocence. And only he, only he can do it. This is the reason so many people, I among them, love him. Well, I love you. This was a great conversation. It is every Thursday. I want to thank you so much for hopping on this morning. And we'll do it again next week, Judge. Thank you so much. Can't wait to precede your mother. Never mind, Trump, to precede your mother again. <laughs> She's going to love that. My mom right now is smiling ear to ear because just so you know, Judge Knapp, she loves Trump. She loves you, too. So thank you. There he is, folks, Judge Napolitano, 740 every Thursday morning. That wraps up a pretty good hour. Great hour, in fact. Bobby Beans from Goya. Judge Napolitano had Frank Morano earlier. Now we start the string. We'll go backwards first. Bo Deedle, live in Studio 905. The great Bill O'Reilly, the ratings getter of the week, 840. My aforementioned mom, Naomi Rosenberg, coming up at 825. But coming up in about eight minutes, the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, with me say exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77. WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
One thing about President Trump, one of the many qualities, when President Trump made a campaign promise, he kept it. And when President Trump told my dear friend and his defense attorney at dinner about three months ago, Joseph Takapina, I'm going on with number one Sid, he kept it. So with that said, here he is, the 45th president of the United States and soon to be the 47th president of the United States, my friend Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, good morning. How are you, pal? Hello, Sid. How are you doing? We had a big night last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to start right there. Uh, I have to tell you that uh, I'm going to echo what you said. I did think Caitlin was nasty. I thought she was disrespectful. I thought for the most part she didn't let you speak, called you a liar time and time again. So the question is simple, Mr. President. In retrospect, Knowing what you know now, would you still do that all over again? Well, I think it worked out well. We're getting rave reviews, I can tell you, and she's not. She was uh, – this This was not Barbara Walters I was dealing with. Let's put it this way. This was a person that was put there by CNN to try and do some damage, and I think she did. She did it to CNN. You know, I actually thought maybe naively that CNN, which is getting such bad ratings, would go a little bit more toward the middle. And they'll get their ratings up. And that's not what that was all about. That was really they, – they tried to go for home run, home run balls, and uh, it was really disgraceful. I think it was great entertainment. And uh, Steve Bannon and other people, I just see their writing. It's the greatest performance they've ever seen. I don't know about that. But it's uh, it was an interesting evening. And it was an evening based on common sense from my standpoint. I mean, these stupid people, they're going to destroy the country. Uh, Title 42 comes off. You're going to have millions of people marching through more. Forget millions. Millions have already come in, but you're going to have many more millions coming into our country. And we're just like a little lamb sitting there. We are so foolish <laughs> to allow this all to happen. No, you're right. And, uh, and, and I, I thought hope you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, and, and you were funny, and you usually are. But you were also, I got to tell you, Mr. President, a lot of your answers were common sense. And practical. Right. For example, for example, they desperately wanted you to say, I'm rooting for Russia because they want to ally you with Putin again. That nonsense. Yeah. And what you said, when you said, I don't want any more bloodshed, I don't want anybody right. to die, that was great. Right. Yep. People are dying. I could get that settled in one day. I know them both. I get that thing settled in one day. I know exactly how to do it, exactly what to say to each of them. Sort of what I do in life, Sid, right? Yeah. And uh, I know exactly what to say to each one of them. You know, they each have their vulnerabilities and each have assets. And you can get that thing settled in one day. And uh, it should have never started. You know, importantly, but now it's no longer important. If I were president, that would have never started. Zero chance. And Democrats admit that. Most Democrats admit that. Now, we have a, we have a fool in office. He's a fool, and he's destroying our country. Not just a fool, but a criminal. I will remind you that as the other networks were talking about you all day, there was Jim Comer, Capitol Hill yesterday, right. detailing 
the millions and millions of dollars that Hunter and Joe and Uncle Jimmy and just about everybody, and about 10 of them, has taken from China, Russia, Romania, along the way. Mr. President, he's a criminal. And it doesn't get picked up by the fake news media. I mean, literally, charges, if that were about me or you or anybody, uh, it doesn't get picked up because he's a Democrat. It doesn't get picked up by the fake news. It's unbelievable. That would be the biggest story in the Times in 20 years, what Mm. they've done. It's absolute total corruption. The money's pouring from these countries into people's pocketbooks in their family. And it doesn't get picked up by the media. It's it's not even believable. It's sad. Our country's corrupt. We have a very corrupt country. We're like a third world nation. I think you're right about that. You said that last night. One of my other favorite moments from last night was, and I want to give my buddy Joe Takapina a lot of credit. I thought he did a great job for you in a in an impossible situation, as you know, right? Great right. Job. Yes. So he does a great job. Well, the okay. judge, the judge was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he wouldn't let anything in. He wouldn't let anything in her. The name she called her husband, by the way, horrible names. The name of her cat, got a name of a cat I won't mention because I know you have a very young and very uh, inexperienced. I'll say it. The name of the cat was Vagina. I'll say it. (laughs) Okay, good. That's fair. And they have such a pure audience, right? They've never heard that word before, right? That's why they listen to you. But, uh, yeah, Vagina, uh, which tells you a lot, you know, which tells you a lot. And so many other things. But they would let in anything having to do with me, anything bad about me they'd let in. No, no, we're going to win this on appeal. Joe did a good job. Look, it was so sacked. The judge hated Trump, just hated. You know, he was a Clinton judge, and he was out of order. This guy was just horrible as a judge, horrible. And how about the fact— He wasn't even a judge. He was a a prosecutor. Right. And how about the fact, Mr. President, just to add more to this story, who gave her the money? Who funded her case? The guy that funded her case is basically George Soros. Same guy. You know the amazing thing? When the judge heard about it, he let us go back and do a deposition to find out. So they go back to her, and they found out she lied because she said, no, nobody funded the case, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then they go back. They found out she lied, and then actually it was this guy, Reed Hoffman or whatever his name is. Who the hell knows? But he's like their biggest funder or one of their biggest funders. So we caught her in a stone-cold lie. We go back to the court. He wouldn't allow us to use it. So he lets us go do the interview, the deposition. And then when we have the information, we say, oh, good, we just struck gold. He wouldn't let us use it. No, no, we had a judge who was so horrible, so horrible. It's a shame. But we're going to win this on appeal. At some point, I'm going to win it. And by the way, just so you know, I have no idea who this woman is. This woman, I was not only in a, a... She said she makes a case that I took it to a dressing room. I was up in that room within minutes, okay? Think of it. I'm on the sidewalk. I walk to the store, which I rarely, I don't think I've been at Bergdorf Goodman three times in my life except for charity stuff, okay? But at the front entrance to Bergdorf, this is a busy department store on a busy street. I see a woman, happened to be about 60 at that time, which is great. I see a woman at the door. She's coming out of the door. I see her. She sees me. There's great chemistry. Have you ever had great chemistry with a woman before? <laughs> yeah. And we see this unbelievable, the sparks are flying. We start talking, and she then brings me, listen to this, to a lingerie counter. She had to do that to create a little bit of a gap between that and the dressing room, to make it a little bit, you know, not just that she just gets thrown into a dressing room, right? 
Now, can you imagine if I walked up by that time I was as famous as I am now. I go in with a woman to a dressing room and buy her lingerie. Do you believe this? Oh, come okay. On. And it's not on page six at the time, page six, and all of the other gossip columns, and we have plenty of them. Uh, then I go from the lingerie counter. This is in minutes. I'm, I'm in a dressing room. Interestingly, it turned out during the trial, the doors were all locked. So she said, no, she found one. So what kind of a woman meets you and is within minutes searching for a dressing room oh, come on. to get in? Ridiculous. And then, then it happens. You know, then it all happens. Yeah. This woman... She made up this story. This is a fabrica. I have no idea who she is. You know, she took a picture of me like probably 20, 30 years ago. I don't know, on a celebrity line with her husband. That's the only thing she had. Uh, she takes a picture. She says, look, here's a picture. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, oh they must know each other. I, I took hundreds of people in that line, but I've taken probably, I would say, you know better than me, a million pictures over the years. I mean, every day it's pictures, pictures, pictures. But think of this thing. I meet her, and within minutes, I have her in a dressing room. Number one, what kind of a woman would do that? Okay, I can tell you what kind. But what kind of a woman would do that? And then she didn't scream. She said, oh, it hurt. But she didn't scream. The cash register's right outside. She could have screamed. There are people all over the place. It, it is such a fabricated uh, story, yep. and it's a disgrace. No, I agree. And again, she wanted that four-letter word rape. She didn't get it because guess what? You didn't do it. You didn't do anything. So this is uh, President Trump with me on this morning, on this Thursday morning here in New York City. You know, I also thought last night another highlight for you was here's Caitlin Collins again badgering you, calling you a liar, talking over you. I mean, really disrespectful and nasty, like you said. She was very nasty. And and she wanted you to say you were going to sign an abortion ban. And to your credit, you yeah. said, well, hold on a second, because I'm pro-choice, Mr. President. You're not. I am. I'm yeah. pro-choice. You're pro-life. But you said, listen, I want to be fair to everybody. Let's figure it out. I thought that was a great answer. Yep. I did. I did. And, you know, the Roe or Roe v. Wade was a great thing because now it gave pro-life people a little something to negotiate with. And it's a very positive thing and a great thing. And we can get that thing worked out. And I'm an exception person also, like Ronald Reagan, the life of the mother. You know, it's uh, I just feel that. And and I think most people are uh, rape, incest, life of the mother. And uh, Ronald Reagan was there. I'm there. But. You know, we, we had a great victory, but she was trying to get me to say things that would have been inappropriate to say. No, she was horrible last night. She's gotten horrible reviews, just horrible reviews. Good. <laughs> this Good. will not be Barbara Walters. I <laughs> think Barbara Walters in her grave is not, is not worried She's about it. She's rolling over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say that every time, uh, Mr. President, whether it's the verdict comes back, your numbers go up, right? Uh, then the arraignment, that nonsense here in New York City, your numbers go up. And now, now, not only are you beating Ron, as you call him, the sanctimonious, by about 45 points, but you're beating Biden in some polls by as many as 12 or 13. So this momentum yeah. you've got right now, President Trump, is huge. When I see Biden has a 40 percent or 42 percent approval rating, I said, who would those 42 percent <laughs> people be on these are these people like? Uh, are they are they living people? Are these living? You, you know who they are. You know who they are. They're Caitlin Collins, who kept stopping you last night when you tried to explain to her that he's got sixteen hundred boxes. What about him? Yeah. Think of it. He's got eighteen hundred and fifty boxes. He's got nine boxes in Chinatown that now he removed to his lawyer's office in Boston, 
and nobody cares about them. I have a secured facility with the Secret Service all over the place. The whole thing is a hoax. You know what it is? It's election interference. That's what it is. They're using this as another way of cheating on the election. This is it. Because what they want to do is try and soil and tarnish you so that you can't win an election. These are sick people. We're dealing with fascists. We're dealing with Marxists. These are sick people, I can tell you. But they're doing election interference. If we can come up with some boxes, if we can come up with anything, just anything, just throw it against the wall, just like Russia, Russia, Russia. It was a fake deal. I had to spend two and a half, two years on that thing. Russia, Russia, Russia. Totally fake. You know, the worst was when they, and you know Don, my son. Yep. So Schiff and these guys made up the story. And then Schiff walks outside one day, you know, sneaks outside from his confidential meeting, which he's not supposed to do. And he says, Donald Trump Jr., for what he did, will someday go to prison. And I'm, I watched this, and I said, what are they saying about my son? Prison. It had nothing to do with that. So Schiff makes that statement, and he knows it's a fake deal. What kind of a human being would say that? And he made up the story along with crooked Hillary Clinton and the group. So we're dealing with very bad people. I can tell you that, Sid. You know that. You no, I hate that a little bit of it. No, I hate them. I, I mean, I, I don't like to use the word hate, Mr. President, but I actually hate these people. And I wrap it up with this, and you got to run. This is your third consecutive time running, looking, as you would say, for your third consecutive win. I agree. I get the right. feeling, President Trump, and I may be wrong, that you want this one much more than the other two. Is that me putting words in your mouth, or am I accurate? It seems to be. It's int- I, you know, I never thought of it that way. It's a very interesting way of putting the question. So I won the first time, and, and you know, they challenged everything. You know, now they say, oh, we challenged, we challenged. They challenge like crazy. We have still people that haven't accepted, okay? But we won the first time. I did much better the second time, got 12 million more votes, okay? I was told if I got the same 63 million that, you know, I got 12 million more votes. And that's the votes that we know about. That's not including votes that, you know, you know what happened. It was a crooked election. Right. Totally rigged election. So I won the first time, did better the second time. And, and, you know, because of COVID and other things, they were able to cheat. They cheat. These people are professional cheaters. They're crooks. They're cheaters. Uh, I think you're right. I never thought of it. I think I want this one as much as I wanted or more. I think I might want this one more because what they did is so bad. And the other thing is the country has never been in a position like this. We're going to end up in a World War II, uh, three. We're going to end up in what this is not like a World War II. World War II was army tanks going around shooting each other, okay? This is nuclear weapons, and we're going to end up in World War III. And if this is World War III, you can kiss your show goodbye. As much as you're doing, I know you're making a fortune. You should be <laughs> the number one show. But you can kiss your number one show goodbye because nuclear weapons wipe it out. They wipe it out. But World War II and World War I were terrible. World War III will be a whole different ballgame. You don't need army tanks anymore. This is annihilation, and we have an idiot. We have a man who is literally, I believe he's got an IQ right now, and it was never high, but I believe he's got an IQ someplace in the low 70s. (laughs) And this is the man that's telling us about uh, nuclear weapons and dealing with Russia. And he says the wrong things. He acts tough when he shouldn't, and he acts weak when he should do the opposite. He says the wrong things. We are so close to a nuclear war. And then they say they want to make Putin. Let's make Putin a uh, prisoner of war. Let's go make him a prisoner of war. In other words, 
If he loses the war, he's going to be annihilated, right? That's a great way to get this thing settled. I don't know if you noticed that. Way. I did. That you was great. Declare yep. that you know yep. Putin is, yep. and and you do that, and you know, <laughs> you you can't give a guy a what do I have to lose? Remember the famous statement: what What do they have to lose? What do you have to lose? But Putin, uh, the question on Putin and Russia and all of that. My answer is very simple, and it's very very important for humanity. We have to stop the killing, and it'll stop. I'll get that thing done. In one day, 24 hours, that war, I know them both, that war will be over. I agree, and I agree they're both smart men, Putin in Russia, Ping in China. That doesn't mean they're not dangerous. That doesn't mean you can't handle them. But they're both smart men. What's the big deal? Right, and your answer was great last night with uh, with that, too, that you wait till the war is over, then then you You talk about about prison. You think about it. Right, right. You wait till the war is over, and you think about it. We want you to declare them right now. They (laughs) say, is she a smart man? I say, well, you know, he runs China. He runs it, you know, and if you're into a system like that, about as good as you're going to run it. But he runs China. He runs it tough. Is he smart? Yeah, he's at the top of his game. They come out with a headline, Trump says he's at the top. They want me to say, no, no, he's a stupid person. He runs $1.5 billion with an iron fist. He's a stupid person. These people are sick. I'm just telling you. They are. That's why, as much as you want to win this, that's why, selfishly, we need you to win this. Not a bigger supporter than me right here. And there's a lot of folks in New York City, President Trump, that love you still. I walk by your, your place of residence on Fifth Avenue almost every day, see your name all over the city. I know you live in South Florida, but you'll always be a great New Yorker to a lot of us here. So thank you for hopping on this morning. Continued success. Please come back again because I want to help you get back to where you belong, Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, I appreciate it. And you are number one, and you're a great guy and a great friend. And just take care of yourself, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, President Trump. There he is. What a great president. I told you in my lifetime, too. Ronald Reagan, President Trump. The rest? Eh. I got to take a quick break. President Trump actually went a little long. And we'll come back with another big fan of the president. Mom. Right after this. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I can't even get to all these messages. My beautiful wife, Danielle, but so many. Joe Tacopino, Arthur Idala, Leslie Slender, Maureen Walsh, Bruce Blakeman. I mean, just uh, Danny Bianculo, Kevin Breslin, the list goes on and on. I will get to um, these messages after. President Trump had a great time. His lady at the office told me he really loved it. He really loved it. Let's see if my mom loved it. Hi, Mom. Hey, Sydney, phenomenal. I'm fired up. Listen, I don't have a lot of time. First thing, we got to eliminate, evaporate the creature in the White House. That's people known as their president. Not our president, but their president. Now, on to Donald J. Trump. I am excited. I am fired up. I can't wait for his renewal. 
back on Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to get them back, Sydney. We're going to fight. We're going to beg people, all our listeners, please listen to Sydney Ferris Rosenberg and Naomi Ann Rosenberg go out and vote for Donald J. Trump, our next new president from the old president, to bring this country back to where it should be. Because right now we're in the dumper. But President Donald J. Trump is going to bring it back to where it was in 2016. He's phenomenal. He's brilliant. He's dedicated. And that's the man we need on Pennsylvania Avenue. We need him in the White House, Sidney Ferris, big time. Because right now we're going right in the swamp. We're in the dumper. We're big, big time problems. We're, we're not recognized throughout the world. We are weak. We are absolutely no good to anybody, and certainly this animal in the White House is no good to the Americans of the United States of America. We have nothing going for us. We can't go to the supermarket and feed our families. We can't drive vehicles that we want to. This electric vehicle? Give me a break and be stuck on the highway, a young girl, 2 o'clock in the morning, driving an electric vehicle, and she runs out of electric, and all of a sudden she's stranded 2 o'clock in the morning alone. Our beautiful Ava, a 19-year-old girl, my gorgeous granddaughter, would be driving home from someplace at 2 a.m. and be stuck on the highway, and some other animal creature, like the one in the White House, comes along and tries to molest or murder her. Please, we got to get this thing going big time. We got to get out there and vote. Trump, Trump, Trump. Perfect. Now you can restore That's perfect. No, Mom, you are, you're fired up, and uh, yeah. you were great just now. And that would be fun for you. Now, listen, by the way, if we, go, if we do it the way the Democrats do it, then Daddy, even though he's gone, he can still vote for uh, for Trump because dead people vote for oh, the Democrats. Sure. <laughs> dead people or people who aren't citizens. Murderers, killers, yeah. they're all allowed yeah. to, to vote. Yeah. So, so but more importantly, more importantly, what was it like you sitting in Conneonga Lake, New York, just outside of Monticello, listening to your only son talking to your favorite president of the United States? What was that like? I, there are no words, Sidney Ferris. There are no words, especially because of the respect I have for you and for President Donald J. Trump. He's brilliant. He's on target. He will bring this country back to where we were in 2016. We will be able to go to the supermarket, feed our families, drive the vehicles we want, not get rid of dishwashers and gas stoves. We'll be able to live like we once did before. We got to get rid of this creature in the White House. That's a given. We got to get rid of him and the bugs that work with him for him. Not that he makes this he don't make those decisions, but he's the figure anyhow there. So that's the whole crux of this. We gotta get rid of him and we gotta get our man back, President Trump, in the White House. That's the best I could put it right there and then. I thought the interview, Sydney, was phenomenal. Thank I you, thought he was I thought he was wonderful. Yes. And I thought you were wonderful. The questions that you posed to him were right on. His answers, well, his answers were what I expect of him. He's a brilliant, accomplished human being. Forgetting about president, he's a brilliant, listen, he wasn't successful in his own business for nothing. He, his success spoke for itself. 
he is successful because he's a brilliant man. He knows how to deal. He knows how to work with people. He knows how to respect and love people. And his whole family, his children, his grandchildren, they're wonderful people. Why wouldn't we want them to represent our United States of America? Why not? No, what we got now with this creature who doesn't recognize his own grandchild, who talks about a child rubbing his legs, uh, his hair on his legs, stands up. <laughs> that was unfortunate. What yes. we got in the White House? Well. Are you kidding me? Well, was a round of applause here for uh, Naomi. The, you know, Mom, we have a live in-studio audience today, and they just give you a rousing standing ovation, Mom. What's that? this? I mean, they love please. you. He's 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 no more than he's no less or more than a pedophile than the real ones out there. He's just as bad. This is how he speaks. The president of the United States of America talks about a child rubbing his leg for his hair to stand up on end. He did say that. He did say that. Or or, or, or they they say that he takes showers with his daughters. Well, his daughter said that. Not they. His daughter said that. And he also said Corn Pop is a bad guy. Um, I have to run because O'Reilly's coming on, but you were the perfect guest in between Trump and Bill and the great Bo Deedle, who you love dearly as well. I love yes, you. I Thank you for calling in. You just you made me very happy, Mom. Thank you. I love Thank you. Thank you, and I'm really proud of you, Sidney Ferris Rosenberg. Thanks, I am Mom. proud of you, and I'm sure that beautiful Danielle and your son and your daughter feel the same way. Thank God you. watch you, you and them. And I will talk again soon. You're love the best. You, I love you, too. There she is, folks, Naomi Rosenberg, right after Donald Trump with more applause. Bill O'Reilly and my man, Bo Dito. Bo actually says he's forgiven Frank. There'll be no vote today. He loved the interview with Trump. So maybe Bo Dito. He's a soft maybe guy. Trump did it all. Woo. He's a soft guy. Maybe huh. Trump did it all. Trump healing the nation, even Bo Dito. Because I was about to have a... Yeah, I, I know. Bill is coming up next. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Honey, I've probably gotten about, no, I don't know, 100-plus messages since President Trump hung up before my mom. And they all say the same thing. They said they've never heard, ever, President Trump that comfortable, where it was kind of just joking around and discussed all the major topics. And I think that last question where he admitted he wants this one more than the other two, that's never been asked. So that should get us a whole bunch of play. Either way, this guy joining me now did a tremendous job and continues to with President Trump all the way back in 2016. I didn't. I never wanted to miss a Bill O'Reilly, Donald Trump interview because Bill O'Reilly was the only person that can be somewhat critical of Trump, and Trump respects him and likes him so much that it was a great exchange. Unlike last night. With Caitlin Collins. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights right here on WABC or his own website, which is amazing, BillOReilly.com. The No Spin News. 
His interviews are great. His columns, his TV shows, his killing series. That's killing it. Killing the witches coming up next. As far as I'm concerned, the best all time. And here every Thursday, my buddy Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Well, you've been busy this morning. <laughs> I've been listening to the program. <laughs> good, uh, good. A couple of observations. Uh, ready? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Trump was comfortable with you, but he knows you're a fan. Um, and so um, the psychology there is totally different than when he goes into most media because he knows that other media wants to hurt him. They want to hurt him. That's fair. And, yeah. And, and so when he goes to somebody like you, he knows is a supporter – and you have a perfect right to support Donald Trump, by the way. If anybody were to criticize you for that, they're being un-American. I mean, you and everybody else have a, have a constitutional right to support whatever you want to support. And, and that gets me angry. I mean, even Biden, who I think is an incompetent, people say, oh, I love Joe Biden. I, I'm not angry with them as people. I, I just want them to explain, you know, and then we get into a discussion about facts. Secondly, I think you're too hard on Caitlin Collins, and, and stay with me here. She's 31 years old. All right, now, I think you were in prison when you were 31 <laughs> years old, and I, I, couldn't eat su- I couldn't even eat supper without getting stuff on my shirt, okay? Yeah. 31 years old. Let's put that into perspective. So she doesn't have the depth and the uh, experience to handle a guy like Donald Trump. And now I'm going to tell you why that whole town hall last night was a shipwreck. When you interview a guy like Donald Trump or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or anybody at that level, you have to understand what they want to accomplish in the interview. Because they're coming in there with an agenda. So Trump when he shows up at CNN, his agenda, and, and Ms. Collins should have known this but did not because she wasn't prepped properly by CNN uh, producers. Trump was going to steamroll her. He wasn't going to take any you-know-what from Caitlin Collins. That's number one. That's the psychology, okay? He's not coming in like he's coming in with Sid and friends in the morning. He's not. This is adversarial for Trump. So as an interviewer, it's like a prize fighter. And I, I learned under the best Mike Wallace. And he was he kind of adopted me at one point. Um, an interview is adversarial, okay, which it means that you're trying to get as much information as you can so the folks can learn something. That's what interviewing is. Ms. Collins, that was his further away from her as you could possibly get. What she wanted to do was prove her mettle, M-E-T-T-L-E, Correct. to her audience. And her bosses. And her bosses. And now she's got the 9 p.m. show because guess what? She had no issue asking President Trump the same question 10 times, as I said earlier, very similar, if you will, to a coerced confession because she was going to prove to her bosses, I'm not backing down. Well, maybe that's true. I don't know that to be a fact. I think she had the, uh, the 9 o'clock, and I don't even know if that's going to happen, but the, it's being reported she'll get 9 o'clock. Caitlin Collins is a talented woman, 
And anybody who says she isn't is not doesn't know what talent is on television. And she's smart, but she's green. She's young. She's like the Met catcher. He's going to be good, <laughs> but he's going to make mistakes because he's 14 years old or whatever he is. Okay? So she goes in there, and the first thing she's got to control is Trump's filibuster. When you go to see the Turtles in concert, they're going to sing Happy Together. Do we all get that? <laughs> we hope so. Okay? Yeah. Yes. You're going to pay money to see the Turtles. You're getting happy together. If you bring Trump in, you're going to get the election was rigged. You're going to get Putin's a smart guy. Because that's what he does. He says the same thing over and over and over and over. Yet, she goes right into his wheelhouse Asked, you know, her question um, about uh, her question about the election was, I think, five minutes long, and it was accusatory. It was like what Megyn Kelly did, right? Okay, you don't do that. You go in and you look at Donald Trump and you go, "Here's what I don't understand, Mr. President," and I hope you can explain it to me. Okay, now that that's the tone of the question. You lost 40 times in election court, 40 times. The judges said, no, there wasn't any fraud. Can, can you explain that to me? That's how you ask the question. You know, you're just, you want information. You see what I mean? Oh, 100%. Than, hey, yeah. you're a liar. It wasn't rigged. Well, well I agree. And that's why I took her to task. Now, if you're going to tell me, well, the reason why she did it the way she did it, which sucked, is because she's young. Well, maybe you're right. But you're telling, you're saying the same thing I said all morning, which is she was bad and ineffective. We just disagree on why. But I'm giving her a pass because she wasn't ready for this kind of an interview. And I'm just telling you, look, I posted uh, a pretty good portion of my interview with Donald Trump in the history tour, which people didn't see unless you bought a ticket to see it, on BillOReilly.com. You can go there free. You can watch it. You see the tone that I bring, okay? I don't bring, hey, you're a liar and uh, everybody knows it. Right. Right. I don't bring, hey, you're guilty of whatever against E. Jean Carroll and everybody knows it. That's the tone that's destroyed CNN. You when you're an interviewer at this point, you are looking for an explanation. When I interviewed Barack Obama adversarial. I said to him, I don't really understand why you're sympathizing with the Muslim Brotherhood. They're vicious animals. Can you explain it? You see what I mean? But Collins had to know, and if she didn't, then I I don't know what to say, that Trump was never going to admit that he's wrong about the election on January 6th or anything else. And she actually actually said a couple of times, we are giving you – CNN, but nine list of viewers – we are giving you an opportunity to tell the truth as if he's going to go – Oh, you know what? You're right. Thank you. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Right, Here you right. go, and CNN. And that was condescending. Yes. Okay? So Trump's big thing is if, if he perceives you to be disrespectful to him, he's going to lash out at you. All right? So even if you don't like him, and clearly CNN does not, 
and I'm sure Caitlin Collins falls into that category, all right? You're respectful. Your tone is not accusatory. But here's the problem for Miss um, Collins. If she had done it the other way that I'm suggesting, then the left wing would have crushed her. And she did not want to take that heat. When I interviewed Obama at the Super Bowl thing in the White House, I did not crush Obama. I got hate mail. You're too soft. You're this. They wanted me to insult Barack Obama to his face. That's what the far-right people wanted. They wanted me to humiliate him. That's what the far-left wanted last night from Caitlin Collins. Humiliate him. Yeah. Tell him he's a liar. Yeah. Tell him he's this. Tell well, him listen, he's a liar. I, I get the same thing when I bring on the mayor. I mean, Mayor Eric is out yeah, of yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's an excellent, excellent comparison. Thank you. Because the people who hate the mayor want you to hate him, too. And they won't. Yeah. But a professional, again, is trying to get information out. And bring him back a second time. <laughs> well, I don't care about that. Oh, you I don't. never, ever, okay. ever curried favor with any interviewer, person, uh, anybody. Obama did three interviews with me. Hillary Clinton did an interview with me. Bill Clinton did four. Uh, Trump did 87. Right, okay? but, but imagine if you were so nasty to any one of these people to make a certain constituent happy, that instead of 87, you had one. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. Well, look. This thing didn't benefit anybody but Donald Trump last night. You think it so did CNN, benefit Trump? If they wanted to hurt him, they didn't hurt him. Now, why do you say that? I know he said it, but why do you say that? Because his people, and you could see it in the crowd, all right, they love him. And and he, he gave them the greatest hits, just like the Turtles. <laughs> all right? He gave them the greatest hits. That's what they want to hear. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they heard it 40 times. They want to hear it 41. Okay. Yeah, but the people in the audience last night were Trump supporters. I imagine, and if I'm wrong, you'll tell me, I imagine part of the reason why Donald Trump agreed to do this interview last night was to reach a portion of Democrat voters that don't like him, a portion of suburban housewives that don't like him. And if that was part of his master plan, do you think he convinced those people last night he's not that bad? No. So then how did he, he win? horrible to those people. So how did those he win? people hate him more right. this morning right. than they hated him uh, last night. That's exactly what I said. So he didn't win? Why, because he made 12 people inside no, an no, auditorium? He, he did win because he did what he wanted to do. He was an avenger. Donald Trump's campaign for president is built on one thing, grievance. Hmm. This country is going to hell. Yeah. That's it. And here comes St. Michael the Archangel <laughs> to stop the devil from taking over the country. That is it. That is, he's running on grievance. He's running on people who are absolutely furious with Joe Biden, with the cancel culture, with the progressive left. And, and so he is going to stoke that, which is exactly what he did. Now. Caitlin Collins, he just brushed her aside. You know, it was like Floyd Patterson and Sonny Liston. <laughs> it was like, Sonny, look, look at Floyd Patterson. In 35 seconds, yeah. Patterson's on his butt. Right. 
okay? Because Collins did not anticipate any of this. You don't go at a guy like Trump who's never going to give you an inch and be accusatory. No. Nope. Oh, that's not true. You're a liar. She called him a liar. No. Yeah. Yeah. You hit him with a fact and ask him to explain the fact, which he cannot do, by the way. Well, he can't he give you a cogent answer. Well, he's got one stock answer. He can't really uh, yeah, I mean, move but, on. But then yeah. the folks see that. Yeah. All right? Then the folks see that. So I don't believe the election was rigged. I believe there was corruption in the election because Zuckerberg pumped in $200 million to 10 counties. Where the deuce is that money? Where right. did that money go? Right. For what? And those 10 counties, they hinged the election. That's where the corruption is. But every time that the Trump people would bring in a court action, they would lose because they were going Dominion this and Venezuela that, and it was insane. Well, talking about court actions, the verdict that came back a couple of days ago, when you consider the fact that there was one allegation, it wasn't he touched me improperly, he molested me, he raped me, and the jury said no. You're lying. You didn't rape you. So if you look at it that way, then it was sort of a win for Takapina and Trump. He contends, much like everything else, the Alvin Brand case, all these other things going on, every time they do this, he gets a bump, and he does better and better. Nobody, nobody believes this verdict, all right, in the sense that they don't know what happened. No one knows what happened. Well, those two do. That's it. The jury doesn't know. No. And here's what else the jury doesn't know. That this was a politically funded situation. A man named Reed Hastings paid all of the court costs for Carroll. Hastings hates Trump, is an associate of George Soros, and hung around with Epstein. Yep. Went to his island. Did jury know any of that? Well they, no. want, well, they wanted to introduce that, but this Judge Kaplan, who hates Donald Trump, did not allow Joe Takapina to do it. Okay, so that's appeal. So that's number one. The jury had no idea that this was a political case, all right? And that's the point Trump should be making rather than attack E. Jean Carroll. See, he makes mistakes, Trump. And the second thing is, and, and this is so outrageous— Carol doesn't even know what year this happened. Correct. Okay. And her two confidants who came in to testify, it's, oh, yeah, she told me. You don't know what year that happened? Come on. Ridiculous. So three individuals don't yeah. know what year it happened? Especially no. one that got raped, please. So then uh, as wait, we... Wait, uh, wait, wait. Why don't they know what year it happened? Because it didn't happen. No. Because if they said it happened on this day, Trump might have been out of town. No, I know. Right, exactly. And Takapina said that to me on this show two days ago. They would have said October 10th, 92. Yeah, he can prove. Schedule. Right, exactly, right. So the bigger question now becomes, with all this going on, the town hall last night, the verdict a couple of days ago, Georgia licking their chops, Mar-a-Lago, January 6th, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he is, he is, to his credit, doing better and better in the polls every day. He's thrashing DeSantis for now, for now. And now, for the first time ever, the last couple of weeks, he's ahead of Biden. Do you see this continuing, or or does it go the other way sometime soon with Trump? Look, there's so many unknowns in the next six months, but here's what I know. Trump's not going to debate on the Fox News August thing. He's not going to show up. So that 
doesn't get anybody anywhere, right? DeSantis has got to basically elevate his game. Maybe he will. I don't know DeSantis. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. Maybe he will. But from what I've seen, he's non-charismatic. And now, in this country, voters want their people to be superstar celebrities. That's what they want. Barack Obama, Donald Trump, superstar celebrities, okay? Uh, DeSantis is not that. He doesn't have that personality injection. So, you know, you would think that Trump, unless there's some kind of, you know, atom bomb here, would win the primaries and then line up. Now, Trump's hoping that the country just falls apart completely, which it may. If you look at Biden and how Biden's governing, this is a disaster. It's a disaster on every front. Crime, border, economy, overseas. It's a disaster, and this man can't run the country. So the Republicans, the Trump people, are just saying, it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse, and then the majority of people who vote for Trump, even if they hate him, their own self-circumstance will drive them to vote for him or stay home so they won't vote for the Democrats. That's the calculation. What an unbelievable job you just did. You know that? You really are the best in the business, Bill. Thank you so much. Great conversation. Great analysis. Love having you on. My mom loves you, too. Excellent job. Thank you so much. Say hello to your mom. You can tell, tell her she is a saint for putting up with you. <laughs> you tell Danielle the same thing, and you're right about both. Hey, Bill, you're great. I love you, pal. Thank you. Great yeah. job. There he is, Bill O'Reilly, of course, 9 p.m. every weeknight. And what an amazing job he does with me, 840 every Thursday. That wraps up three hours, big hour. Donald Trump, Naomi Rosenberg, and Bill O'Reilly. The fireworks continue. We are not nearly done. My man, Bo Deedle, he's in the bullpen, he's warming up, he's ready to close. The in-studio Thursday appearance, Bo Deedle, is coming up next. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Merchant, 10,000 Maniacs, give them what they want. They want Bo Deedle, that's what they want. Bo's on uh, twice a week, he's so great. Calls in every Tuesday at 7.40 and joins me live in studio at 9.05. And really, when you go all the way back to 7.25, right? You had uh, from Goya, my friend Bob, Judge Napolitano, President Trump, my mother, and Bill O'Reilly, and then you, Bo Deedle. What a perfect way to bookend what's been really a huge morning on Sid and Friends in the Morning and I love you. My mother loves you. The listeners love you. So welcome back on a Thursday. Well, thank you. And let me congratulate you. That was a great, great interview, Sid. And I never heard him so calm. Was he on some kind of drug or something? (laughs) He was so calm. He was tired, I think. Yeah, we got to, you know, we got to hit up with the Frank Morano thing. You know what? I accept his apology. He apologized two times. He admitted, because if he was going to start his cover-up, 
The cover-up was going to be worse because I had the evidence. And I had my man, Curtis Lee, ready to be an eyewitness, ready to testify. I had the recordings. I had the paper, the New York Post. He admitted, and you want to know something? I'm in a forgiving mood. I'm in a forgiving mood. Are you in a forgiving mood because President Trump? No, I no, want, no, I want President Trump to learn from my forgiving move. <laughs> okay. When you say something that's not the facts or not the truth, you have to admit you were wrong. And if he starts doing that, you know what? It's all about forgiving. Now, you got to remember something. And I don't like the idea when they talk about my run for, for mayor of New York. A lot of people don't understand it. Steve Cohen, Sack Capital, billionaire. Ken Langone came to me and said, Bo, you got to run as a Democrat in New York. I said, fine, what's the difference? Oh, Steve Cohen, the owner of the yeah. Mets. Yes yes, 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 yes. So then all of a sudden I ran. So then I asked to go back and I got an affidavit to sign off that I was going to run as a Democrat. Little did I know you can't check two boxes. I checked independent and Democrat. I remember. Okay, the Board of Elections, David Goodman from the New York Times called the Board of Elections and says, Bo, you made this mistake, but it's been done many times. We'll send you an affidavit. We'll put you right online. Never to happen. In all of my courts, all my courts, you had Big Bird de Blasio, his general counsel and lawyers, Supreme Court, Appellate Court, Court of Appeals. This punk wasn't afraid of Malatakis. He was afraid of me because I knew where all his dirty laundry was, and he did everything well, to Well, you don't know where all of it is. You have no idea where that $1.5 billion Well, you know, I was is. going after that, and the guys in Brooklyn, when he went when they got convicted of bribery, who did they bribe? They bribed Big Bird. That was those two guys in Brooklyn, remember? And I yeah, went the Hasidic guys. I had brought out handcuffs in front of Foley Square. He wanted me out. Now, there was one problem. Your friend in here, the other Big Bird, Ed Cox, he was the head of the Republican Party. I went to Ed Cox. He was running the worst candidates. That's why the Republican Party in New York is down the drain. He was in charge. I said, Ed. Let me run on this Wilson Bakula thing so I can run in a primary. I think that I could do really well. He would not let me run. He says I cannot. There's a whole question behind that. Also, I met him in front of HNA. Remember HNA had Cox? That's the communist Chinese business that you were hanging around with, pal. Wait a second. Are you saying I'm that saying. Ed Cox was hanging out in front of a communist China place and knew it? No, it was in the fair. H&A. Communist owned. Now, my point is here. How the hell does he go back heading the Republican Party when he did such a garbage job? You know what he should head up? Picking up the garbage cans outside. <laughs> oh, his claim to fame was he married Trish, uh, Trish Nixon. Yeah. That's it. And you know what? You got a problem. When he, he shakes my hand real hard when he sees me. I'll rip his head off. Okay, let's get back on that. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, now the other thing's bothered me is this controller. I thought the controller counts, uh, you know, uh, budgets and all. You're what talking about controller? the controller, Brad Lander? Yeah, Brad, scumbag Lander. Yes, yes, he is. I totally agree. All right, now. Totally agree. He was the guy that first came out and took the Marine to task well, who accidentally killed well, Jordan Well, that's Neely. what we're talking about right now. And all of a sudden, he's got a police detail protecting him. Well, you don't like cops, you scumbag? Get rid of your detail. Why don't you try taking the subway, you piece of garbage? Thank you for saying that. I brought that up with Eric Adams, with uh, Tiffany Caban. Yeah. Why do these people who badmouth the cops publicly still have details and security what? and police? What Why? Right? He, he's a bean count. He's the controller. What right do you have knowing anything about what happened in the subway? Get on the subway, Lana. And then you had with you next to you. What was his name, that shake-and-bake guy? Uh, uh, what the hell's his name? The, the guy uh, who...
who was the uh, 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 the New York City, uh, uh, what the hell, Jermaine. Oh, Jermaine, Jermaine Williams. Yes, yeah, he's a public bake. advocate. Shake and bake and lie. Why don't you start taking the subway and see what's down in the subway? That Marine is a hero. And they tell you what. He's going to have a defense. They're bringing it to the grand jury. I offer my service as an expert witness to go before that grand jury in that Marine's defense. The more I thought about it, first the paper straw, he had to be a chokehold for 15 minutes. Then I said, wow, that's a long time. Now it's three minutes. And in reality, like I said, in MMA, you put that chokehold, the guy goes out, he wakes up. There's no intention here. What he was doing was protecting people. And that Marine is my hero. And I'm telling you right now, and people of New York, you got to understand something. If he didn't get involved, and this scumbag had a knife, and stabbed somebody, or punched another, broke another old woman's nose, right. what are you going to do then? Now nobody's going to want to get involved. Or, or throw somebody in front of a moving train. Uh, you don't need a weapon to do that, right, Bo Deedle? You know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. Then I watch this Biden family thing with all the break down all the money. Nobody covers it. But if it was Trump's family, they would have been on every nose. He said that. Oh, my President God. Trump this said is so that. horrible. And you want to know something? If Donald Trump was able to admit he was wrong like Frank Morano did and say he was wrong about certain things, I think might be a chance. There might be a chance. But you got to admit when you say or do something wrong. Remember, forgive and forget. Yes. I forgave Frank Morano, yes. he knew I had the evidence. And I had my star witness, <laughs> Curtis Lee, was ready to go testify before the commission. All right, now. So he's lucky he's got Bo Deedle in a very forgiving mood this morning. Yes. Now, yes. Mayor Adams, a little upset. They threw him off. They threw him off this leadership advisory board, and they put Snaggletooth, Hulkle on that thing. It was like a real slap in his face. And last night, I go home to the Upper East Side. All the roads are shut down, and I get in my apartment, and what do I see? The FDR drive is closed, and what do I see? It's that scumbag with his motorcade going through New York City. Stay out of the city. The traffic is screwed up enough without you, you moron. Oh, my God. Then, oh, uh, border you crisis. are mad a lot of folks. Let me tell you something. The border crisis. I talked to my friend uh, uh, Martin. He's a former He's a former uh, uh, inspector for the anti-terrorism. And, and, and Mr. Martin, Bobby Martin's one of the great oh, guys. Oh, I've had him on the show because of you. Yes, he wrote that yes. great book, And he me gave and me some statistics there, and they, they, they call them gotaways. You know what a gotaway is? That's the ones that they didn't grab, and they have video on how many gotaways. You have about 10,000 gotaways, and no one knows where they went. The gotaways got away, and we don't know if they're terrorists. Also, we're not just having Mexicans and Central Americans. We have Middle East people. We got the Chinese spies coming through there, and everybody's got away. This is what's happening. They're bringing fentanyl. They're, in one week's time, I think there were 13,000 gotaways. You know what a gotaway is? A gotaway is the ones they could see. How about the... Gotaways that you didn't see. Right. Where did they get away? Right. Oh, my God. I, I, I go crazy. I go crazy. Natalie Holloway. I did that case with the great lawyer, John Q. Kelly. Right. Guess what? Joe Tacopina defended Yoron Bandus. Yeah, that murder piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Joe. That was not one of your best things there. <laughs> this piece of garbage went to Peru and killed another young girl. He killed Natalie Holloway also. So that was when I stuffed the subpoena and in his shirt when he came into New York. This urine Vandersloot, this big punk. He's about six foot six. I said to him, why don't you put your hands around my throat like you did to that little girl, you punk. I was waiting for it to swing because I would have bow-eyed him. So now. <laughs> 
now, all of a sudden, John's got another case on extortion and wire fraud where he'll be facing, and he will be convicted, another 50 years, this piece of garbage. This is this driving me crazy. Now, <laughs> yeah. I talked to my friend. Which I one? Give you everyone. You have my a lot friend. of friends. Tucker Carlson. Oh, my man. You're going to be there with him. I my believe man. Bo Deedle, Tucker Carlson will be two people working with Elon Musk. Well, let me tell you something. Tucker Carlson, this whole thing that I've been talking about with Fox News, the whole story is as follows. He was the scapegoat because that Lachlan, that lucky sperm son of Rupert Murdoch, they got him on text messages and emails. He's the one that was telling them to lie. And you know what? They threw Tucker under the wheels of the coach. That's what happens. This Lachlan should be taken out. Where is the board of directors? That's, that stock is sliding down faster oh. than Conchita Rivera. Oh, my. And the ratings, too, mind you. Well, let me tell you. They went from 3.1 million 8 o'clock at night to about 1.4 million. Well, listen to me. If you're the captain of a ship, of the Titanic. Yes. And you hit a freaking iceberg. Yeah. Who's going to get fired? Well, nobody. They all died. No, the captain <laughs> of the ship. Well, he died. Come so on, Sid. You know where I'm going with this No, no, thing. listen. I am a big Tucker guy. I don't like the way Tucker Carlson was treated. But I will say this. He's going to do better now and, with Elon and, Musk. And, and stockholders of Fox, check this one out. You think this thing is over? Who's that guy that comes back? Freddie? The guy that keeps coming oh, back. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger's yeah, coming Nightmare back. on Elm Street. You got Symantec, <laughs> the other voting company now, is whacking you with another $2.5 billion. And you want to know something? It's the same evidence. Bye-bye, dickhead. Lachlan, leave like the Japanese do. Commit Harry Carey oh and get the hell out of there, Lachlan, because you're a disgrace. And you know who made Fox News? Roger Ailes, my friend, yeah. who I stuck up for. And they didn't like that I stuck up for Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes made Fox News, and they treated him like a garbage can. All these women just lined up. The man was very sick towards the end. They made allegations. They never really investigated these allegations. Just give it $5 million, give it $10 million. This is Fox. Give it away the money like it was a piggy bank. If a woman was really abused or harassed, I say she should get paid. But a lot of them lined up or liars. That other one didn't get her 2 o'clock show. Then she decided to sue Roger. Was that Gretchen Carlson? Oh, yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, excuse me. I think she got $20 million. Who's less believable? For both deal, both deal, what? Gretchen Carlson or E. Jean Carroll? I, I, believe, I believe that both of them are non-believable. Right. None of them. Right. Are, both of them are, are, are non-believable. And, and, and you know what? Let's just go back to this kid, this this hero kid, because it's so important. Talk about uh, Daniel Penny, the Marine. Yes, let me tell you. Now, all of a sudden, he's in judgment with Shake and Bake and this other bean-counting punk. Hey, hey, punk, what, what's his name again? Oh, that'll be uh, 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 Lander, Brad Lander. Brad Lander, you're yeah. a little punk. You don't know what it's like <laughs> to get into a fight because I'd like to punch you. And I tell you what, uh, no bail in New York, Brad. Why don't you try traveling the friggin' subways and see what's going on and understand why this guy's a hero. If that other little punk crazy man there, if he killed somebody, would have been okay. But this is a racist thing because he was white. If it was black, you wouldn't even be hearing about 100%. it. 100%. He just served nailed our it. country. Yes. He's a Marine. Agreed. And let's support him you and son stop of a this crap. Bitch.
And you know what? It what? really, really gets me really peeved off. Yeah. Oh, I oh, gotta let you, you know, off. you made a mistake. No, I never make yes, mistakes. Yes, you made a mistake. Oh God, what I do? Well, that that sleepy kid. Did you see Biden walking around last night <laughs> no, when I... he was when he was upstate? No, it's watching uh, Trump. He was playing the music and he was walking in yeah. circles, <laughs> just normal. So you you mentioned about him not going to the coronation of the king, right? There's a reason behind that. Oh, there I is. did my own little study. Oh. Because when we got our freedom from England, no American president has ever attended the coronation of a king or a queen. That is true. It's That well, is true. I didn't know. They only happen once every, like, was, 70 years. Yeah, but I was knocking it, and then I realized that this is something for our history. I know, but you have to understand, Trump and Queen Elizabeth were very, very close. Well, you so know. So they kind of built that relationship up again. We're, we're right back to how I started. You forgive and you forget. Right. And God knows we saved England in World War II. Otherwise, we'd be clicking our heels together and, uh, and talking German. And you want to know some Time and forgiveness should be there. And that's all. And I tell you what, if Big Ed Cox wants to apologize for what he did to me, maybe I'll accept it. Maybe I will. Apologize? Maybe I'm going to check you out there, Ed. How much investment you got with that? China! China! Wow. Wow. You're looking for two apologies in one day. You yeah. got one from Frank Morano. Yeah. But I don't know about it. And you want three. You want Donald Trump to apologize to John McCain, too. And then you this, want three. And then this guy, Baron Allen. Remember, he used to be oh, on one of those committees. Now he's suing friggin' McDonald's. Now, all of a sudden, they want to give a million and a half reparations. And uh, I don't even know what to get it. $800 billion. And then that moron from... California, Mr. Happy Wavy here. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. You want to run for president? You bankrupt. You destroyed the beautiful California. You punk. You should go suck on a leaf somewhere. Get out of here. And I'm tired. I'm tired. I love my gas stove. I don't want to drive a battery car. Leave me alone, okay? Stop it already. WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Got pass in pocket. Got battle. I am gonna use it. Intention. Pretenders, 928, Thursday morning. Let me read this to you. The ethos of Hagley West is built on my life experiences. As a younger man, I lived dedicated to ascending to the next rung of life's ladder, forever reaching and never being satisfied. I like that. How wrong could I have been? For it's not the goal, that's the achievement. It's the gratitude for the time we have, the joy of the process and the life of the journey. That's like Miley Cyrus' song, right? Yeah. 
The climb. The climb, yeah. I decided instead to celebrate the love of the journey, not just mine, but also of others. No two journeys are the same, whether they be emotional, physical, mental, or spiritual. But every journey is marked by time. Tim Hayden, CEO of uh, Hagley West. Well, good morning, Tim Hayden. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You uh, have a British accent. Yes, you noticed. So my one and only daughter, who's home now, she's 19, her name is Ava, she goes to college in Cardiff in Wales. Right. And we went to pick her up about three weeks ago, took her home for the summer. So we spent about three days in Cardiff. Then we took that fast train, 90 minutes, to London. You go all the time. And we spent two days in London. And eventually, I think my daughter may even move there. And my wife and I may move there, too. I don't know. And I came back, and for a week, all I talked about was how beautiful and clean London was compared to New York. And they're very similar. Theater district I stayed in, financial district, very similar. Yet London looked pristine almost. And this place is filthy. Anyway, I just said that. So, well, I, you, we probably polished it up, knowing that you're going to be there. To be honest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you live actually in in London? About half an outside. What, 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 what town? It's a little town called Berkhamsted in the county of Hertfordshire. Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire. Yeah, I like when uh, the lady on the train goes Cockfordshire. Uh, looks like the last stop on uh, just stop on one of the trains. We went to um, what was that last stop? Uh, Paddington. Right. Where, okay. To go to Heathrow Airport. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Right? You do. Yeah. <laughs> you know your stuff. And I stayed at the at a hotel in the theater district on the same block as the Tina Turner play, The Lion King. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly where you are, yeah. That's a pretty cool area. It's a, yeah, it's around Covent Garden. Yes, area. Covent Garden, exactly right. Yeah. And we took, it was actually two weeks before the coronation. What, are you uh, big into the king? Or Yeah. I you am, are? Yeah. 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 Why is that? Um. You know, the king hasn't worked a day in his life. Unlike you, you built this great business. The king's never worked a day in his life. He was, they had, his, his mother and father had sex. He was born. Now he's the king. That's it. Well, there's a little bit more to it than that. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Well, the, there's a great, I have a great sense of pride when it comes to uh, my nation, just as you do with yours. And I don't right now. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because Joe Biden is destroying that. If President Trump comes back, I will, yes. Okay, I see. Well, I, um, I do have great pride, and being over here whilst the coronation has been going on in the UK, it's been nice to see what the reaction of the Americans has been towards it. And it, it also sort of uh, made me miss home a little bit. It does? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because the way we cover it here is we don't really like King Charles. We like Diana. Right. We, we, I mean, no one likes Camilla. And by the way, she's not very attractive. And everybody's angry with Meghan Markle. Because she basically corrupted Harry. So we don't cover it from, wow, this is beautiful. We're like, man, what an effed up family. Basically. <laughs> well, do you know what? Uh, they have their lovers and haters uh, back in the UK as well. But yeah. I think overall at the moment, they're more popular than they are hated. Oh, sure. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. But you would agree that everybody loved Queen Elizabeth. Like, no one disliked her. Nobody. She was almost perfect. Right. She was almost, and, and what a hard act to follow. Uh, Charles has got almost an impossible job uh, facing, you know, in the face of that. It, she was absolutely amazing. Now, absolutely are, you, amazing. are you, you take interest in politics here? Not really, no. Not really. So you no. don't care about Trump or, because you know Queen Elizabeth loved Donald Trump. Well, to be honest, uh, American politics isn't my thing. It's I'm not. I'm afraid. No, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I stick well, out. What, what, is, what, what in America besides watches? Yeah. Uh, I know you're, are you a cricket player? 
Yeah. So you like baseball, Metro Yankees? Or? I've just started following the Yankees. I've been to last. I've been last two Mondays. I've been with my son there. Oh. And I've fallen in love with the game. And your son is here today, handsome kid. You guys look alike. How old is your son? He's nineteen. And what, my daughter's age. And what's his name? George. You're nineteen. Your name is George. And you got money. What are you doing at four o'clock this afternoon? <laughs> you want to go for lunch? Uh, let me get the nail on the phone. Where's Ava at four o'clock today? Uh, is he in the business with you? Well, uh, George is actually in between school and college at the moment, so I've come over to the States for three months to try and build my brand over here. Right. And George has come with me. We're living in a little apartment in Brooklyn for these three months, and he's been my cameraman, so I awesome. wouldn't be able to do this without him. That's great. Where in Brooklyn? Like this, like this fancy Dumbo section or like Sheepshead Bay? Uh, uh, Park Slope. Park Slope. Oh, very fancy. It's nice. um, now, you go to college in Europe or do you go to college here, your son? He's going to be going to college in London. In London, very nice. Yeah. Uh, Kings or uh, what, uh, which my daughter wanted to go to, um, well, I forgot now, but there were so many good schools. Yeah, it's acting college. Act- oh, you want to be an actor? Yeah. Very good. So tell me, you get involved in the watch business. Yeah. And, and um, congratulations. You've done very, very well. Made millions and millions of dollars. And you seem like such a nice guy. I'm happy for you. How did this whole thing start? How did it start? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want, it started with the fear of regret of um, getting old and never having really gone for it. That's where it started. Well, what were you doing before? I was a businessman. I've, I had uh, other businesses in IT, really boring industry. Very boring. Uh, incre- yeah. Especially the bit that I did. I did the service side, which is incredibly boring. And uh, I went through my 40s. I got to the point of being semi-retired, just being spending time with my kids. But then I got towards my end of my 40s, and I thought, I don't want to live with regret and not going for it. And there's no bigger challenge for an entrepreneur than to try and grow a global brand. So that's what I tried to do. And you're able to do it very quickly, I would imagine, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, overnight success. It took about five years of hard work. So quickly. We had, well, it didn't at the beginning. I mean, I once went 83 days without selling a watch. In my first couple of years, we weren't selling anything. In fact, we were just going down. I was, I was chucking all my money into it. I then sold my house to, uh, and so, um, and then we're here. So now you're here, yeah. and you're in New York, and you're doing well. You've got uh, you're doing your watch business here and in Europe. But the, really, the reason why you're here is is because throughout all of this, you become this kind of social media sensation. I'm always fascinated by these social media influencers. They usually, no disrespect him, 19-year-old girls with big boobs and blonde hair who young guys at home like to watch dance. Right. Here you are, a a, a businessman, getting that type of response. Why do you think that's the case? Um, I don't know. I guess Americans like middle-aged bald men. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those. We're in the club. We're in the same club. Um, Well, you know what? I went on TikTok. It was my younger son. He was about eight at the time. He showed me TikTok, and he said, come on, Dad, do this dance with me. And I just looked at this platform. I thought, God, this has got a huge... He said dance with me? Yeah. So you became a a dancing star on TikTok. No, no. Well, I've I've since deleted that (laughs) video, so don't go looking for it. (laughs) But that was my first TikTok. And I looked at it and I thought, gosh, this is huge organic reach. Maybe this could be my moment. Maybe I could capitalize on this. So I thought, right, well, I can't dance. I don't, as you say, I don't have big boobs. Uh, I'm not going to take my shirt off. What can I do? (laughs) so, So I told my story. I thought, well, I'm going to document my journey of trying to build a global brand. And that's what I've been doing. And that's what people have sort of followed me for. And uh, people get back to you and go, let me tell you something, Tim. I've tried it. It works. Or they go, you've inspired me to try it. What are some of the responses that you get? Uh, it's, it's, it's a huge 
it's, it's, it's been amazing. I, I find it hard to put it into words how incredible this whole situation has been. I mean, I get so many people that come up to me that have been inspired, mm. not just for an entrepreneurial journey, but any kind of journey. Our ethos is love your journey. That's a strap line to the business. Yeah. But that means so much to so many different people. Yeah. And I, get, I do these challenges on social media, and people have to find me, say love your journey, and the first person who does that gets a watch. That's cool. And, like but, an expensive watch. Well, no, is, is there, is there, this is... What watches are these? Hagley oh, Hagley West. West. Yeah, so yeah. Th- they're fashion watches. So they're between 100 and 200 bucks each. Oh, that's it? Yeah. They're... So, I mean, like, isn't, like, a tag Howard, I guess, would be about, uh, it's a little more expensive than that. Well, that's, that's a luxury. That's, that's a luxury. A luxury. Yeah. So I'll... give me some other names of, of watches in your field. Why would I buy a Hagley West instead of a what watch? Okay, well, well, for one, I don't really look at competition. Okay. So I don't really know all the names of the competition. I mean, there are, there's lo- I mean, there's thousands. Uh, the whole idea is that we're making everyday watches for everyday people. Yeah, this and is not a $20,000 Rolex. No, not at right. all. Not at right. all. This right. is... I actually need a nice everyday watch. I don't have one. Oh, we'll have to sort you out. <laughs> yeah. But I want mine, like, custom made. Like, I want, like, the 12 to say Sid instead of 12 or something like that. Can we do that? We can sort something out, Sid. We can sort something out for you. <laughs> do, do you custom make watches and stuff like that? Or? Well, I, I could do for you, Sid. <laughs> I could do for you. You could be the first. It will be the first one. Yeah. So for people that want to walk, because we've got Suzanne Miller coming in, for people that want to watch your journey, yeah. I know you mentioned TikTok, learn more about the brand, Hagley West, get to know you and your, uh, your great-looking son here. How do they go about doing that the easiest way? The easiest way? Well, through social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on the mall. And where do they find you? Uh, Tim Hayden 6 on TikTok, Hayden.Tim on Instagram, and Tim Hayden on uh, Facebook. Now, why number six? What's the significance? <laughs> because this is quite funny, actually. I set up the account, and there were five other Tim Haydens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the time when I set up the account, I, I had no idea that I was going to end up with a couple of million followers. That's funny. So I just thought I set it up. But I'm, I've got to talk to the guys at TikTok to see if I can get the six uh, removed. That is funny. Well, listen, you're a, you're a charming guy. Very charming and <laughs> oh, sweet geez. and nice and beautiful family man. I'm happy for your success. I, too, believe in the journey. Mine involves rehab. I'm being serious. Jail, addiction, some real nasty stuff along the way. Uh, but it's ending up pretty nicely. And uh, before my father died, he saw it. My wife has texted me five times today. I'm proud of you. I didn't get a lot of those texts 15 years ago. So my journey has been kind of rough at times. But right now it's all worth it. And so I love what you're doing. And I wish you nothing but success. And keep talking because you're right. Sometimes even when the journey is really rough, when it's really, really rough, that's when you know, keep moving forward. Overcoming adversity to triumph. Exactly. Uh, I think I made you cry. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, 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 that's great. No, I love <laughs> no, that. thank you. I, I, love that. Uh, I, I, I want to hug you, I think. This is uh, Tim Hayden, everybody. The company is Hagley West. And uh, go buy one of their watches. But more importantly, take a listen to a very important message. Because life is difficult. There's no question. Lots of challenges. But don't give up. Don't give up. Tim Hayden is proof of that, as am I. Hagley West. We'll take a short break. Suzanne Miller coming up next. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
Just a reminder, folks, if you missed the Donald Trump interview, which was great, talking to him now on Truth Social, check it out at WABCRadio.com. Right there on the homepage, me and Donald Trump, fresh off his CNN appearance last night. It was great. WABCRadio.com. Big show coming up tomorrow, too. Rudy Giuliani, Curtis Sliwa, Brian Kilmeade, actor Scott Bayo, all-time Jet great quarterback Joe Namath, all stopping by tomorrow. Another great show. We'll uh, close this one out today. I met uh, Suzanne Miller a couple of weeks ago. She works for CEO. She's a CEO of Empire State Properties. Usually my dear friend Corey Zellner comes in and talks real estate. He does commercial. You do commercial or uh, residential? We do residential. Oh, okay, so you're not, uh, you don't compete with Corey? No. Okay, good. That makes it even better. I know you're friends with John Katsimatidis. Yes, you're based in New York City, uh, corporate rentals, property management, and real estate investment. And you do a podcast here It's called The Miller Report. It's on real estate and business in New York, but also globally. How many times do you do that podcast? I've done it ten times right now. Ten, not ten times a week. How many times a week? Oh, once a week I've done ten episodes. Okay. So you must be doing well because they would have pulled you by now. Just love trust it. me. Yeah, love they're it. like, get her out of here. It's like Trump. Get her out. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've also been on many TV networks, uh, business and real estate expert, Fox News, all of that. Again, you've got the other uh, weekly podcast. And you do bring on some big shots besides John Katzmatidis, who's very big. <laughs> Nobody better estate. than John. <laughs> no. Uh, in the real estate business, who are some of those folks? Well, let's see. I had a billionaire from China. I had the chief executive officer of the Cochran Group. I've no. had... Uh, Eric Repair, who owns the Bernadette, number one chef. I've had the owner of The Real Deal. Um, I've had, this week I have the CEO of Blue Mercury, which was acquired by place. Macy's. My wife yes. loves that place. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she's coming and by on. The Blue Mercury does great. Macy's doesn't. But Blue Mercury does great. Blue Mercury. Well, you're going to hear all about it, the Inside Secrets cool. Scoop cool. on ne- next Tuesday. That's the best place to buy makeup and all that good stuff, Blue yes. Mercury. So you do have oh. some uh, very big names on Yes, I have. It's very- a, and people are excited to come on and talk about their inner workings of their companies. Have you had Kevin on from uh, – it's not Kevin. What's his name? The guy I like, the ball guy. He's, he's a prick, but he's good from um, – <laughs> From the Shark Show, from uh, not Cuban. Yet. O'Leary. Not yet. Maybe O'Leary. He'll be next to yeah. my list. Oh, Leary, you like that guy, I right? like that guy. Is he your favorite on that show? Well, I kind of, uh, yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. A Cuban is, uh, is hard to deal with. So tell me, in terms of New York, where are we in the in the real estate business? Well, rentals are, are very high. Sales are, nobody's Hold selling. On, let me stop right there. Why are the, I, I know you're right. You're not lying. Mm-hmm. Because I left my apartment on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. We bought a house in Queens. It took them one day. And let me tell you something. You talk about overpriced through the roof for a gym about the size of a bathroom, no sun deck, a block away from Broadway. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nice West End Avenue, by the parks, Riverside and Central Park, but hardly Boca Raton. And in one day, they went to the place for a fortune. Why? Well, I think that there's uncertainty right now, right? So nobody wants to – people are waiting before they buy, so they're all renting. And the rental market, there's not enough product. Nobody wants to build. There's no 421A. There's no incentive for the developers to build. Why would they? So the developers are not building. People that own properties don't want to sell because the interest rates to buy something new is going to cost them more than they already have. So it's just a domino effect. People are not selling. They don't want to take new mortgages. It's hard to get mortgages. Right. So there, there's not enough rental properties because the developers don't want to build because of they're not getting any tax incentives, and people are renting. So there's not enough rentals, and we need to address crime 
and people do not want to invest when they're not sure and there's uncertainty what's happening in our cities. Right. But you're noticing that while we need more rentals, so even though businesses are closed, you walk down Broadway, every third store is for rent, right? Mm -hmm. But the residential uh, parts of the city, they're doing very, very well. And you think that's going to continue, yes? Yes. And, you know, the retail is actually picking up a little bit right it now. Is. So you're going to see more stores. are they, they are leasing more. And is that because they're lowering the prices? Because people are not coming back all that quickly. So why would that be the case? There's a lot of people that came to New York. It's Unfortunately, the, the half a million people that left were the high-income earners, most of them. But the young kids are coming. They still want to be in the urban areas. So they are renting, and as long as there's traffic, and the 20-year-old and 30-year-olds are here, they're shopping, they're going to restaurants. The restaurants are packed. The bars, the restaurants, the stores, sure. it, is, it is coming back, unfortunately. I don't know who's going to pay the bills because the, the high-income earners, are they don't want to be where there's unsafety and the crime. How about the competition, though? Uh, I know the prices are similar. Like living in Brooklyn is no longer a deal. If you move to Dumbo or the Heights, you're going to pay Manhattan prices. And I believe on the water, at least, in the nicer part in Jersey City, it's kind of the same thing. Hoboken may be a little bit cheaper, but there is a lot of competition now in and around New York on the water that must make it a little more difficult or no. I think that the suburbs have done very well since the pandemic. People need bigger apartments. They're working, they were working from home. It's about quality. They don't have to go to an office. Well, that will change. It's, it's cha- it has been changing. So they want more space. And you can get more space in Brooklyn. You can get more space in Jersey City. And you're not going to be in a, you know, it, it's just different quality of life. So what would you say if I gave you a, an example of, um, I don't know, um, Space, okay, square feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I give you a, uh, I don't know, a couple thousand. Uh, that's probably a lot. Yeah, maybe a couple thousand square foot apartment in Brooklyn compared to that same. A couple of thousand is very that's large. A lot. So, no, yes. so give me, give me a, a mid-sized Typical apartment. Typical apartment for one bedroom is about six hundred square feet. Two bedrooms about twelve hundred. Let's feet. go with that. Twelve hundred square feet, two bedroom apartment mm-hmm. in Brooklyn compared to, to Manhattan. Uh, what are you looking at price wise? We're talking about probably six thousand versus fifty. 50, it's almost the same. Almost, would, the same. almost the same. And Brooklyn is is really where it's at. I would ask you about the buildings that John Katzmatidis owns. Love them. I was the agent during the um, pandemic, and we rented it. And Ocean Drive. Yeah. Uh, no, Coney Island, no. But Myrtle, all full, top price, great quality of life, best managed buildings. Myrtle, and then we're, and yes. also, he, of course, he's built that gorgeous building in Florida. Oh, are, those, amazing. Are, those, are those rentals? No, no, is that... That's sales, but I think he's he should raise the prices. Okay, because St. Petersburg is doing very well. But I was told in Brooklyn, and mm-hmm. and, and again, it's I've stayed there. It's a gorgeous building, mm-hmm. and they are building up Coney Island. Mm-hmm. Right across the street needs to be improved. We know that, mm-hmm. but they're building up Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And I was told that about ninety eight percent of those apartments have been rented. I, I'm not handling that job yet, but I do think that is a fantastic location for people that want to be. Away from the city, you, you have, most of the apartments have water views. You're on the beach. You can't get better quality quality apartment Agreed. and more serene. So I think it's undervalued, and I think it needs to be further publicized, and it will do very well. He's got two buildings there now, mm-hmm. but he's allotted five. He hasn't built the other three yet. If he called you today and said, hey, Suzanne, should I build all five, what yes. would you say? 
I'd say build them all and I'll rent them all. <laughs> yeah. You're that confident. Huh? I am that confident. And those are, he I'm, builds a great building, you know? And they're and not very expensive. A, he manages a great building. I'm, listen, I'm doing this for 40 years. I've seen a lot of management companies. Yeah. You walk into a John building and you can eat off the floors. Right. The doormen look at you. They're, they're safe. They're managed well. And Agreed. I'm all high on his management and his buildings, and he builds a really good building. Great. The only thing I would do if I was him, though, is to get to the subway on Stillwell Avenue, which is important, right? you got to get to the city. They need some type of shuttle, trolley, something, because you really can't walk it. It's kind of far. So just transportation, because whether it's Brooklyn, Manhattan, Hoboken, Jersey City, you need to have transportation right nearby, yes? I think he's talking about a ferry. A ferry is great. I think he'll do a ferry. And, and and as I said, and I cannot reiterate it enough, I do think Coney Island is undervalued. And it, it just, the word has to get out, and yeah. I think it'll do great. See, we own a home in Queens. i got to break here soon. But we had an issue with flooding, so the insurance company moved us. And we have spent the last three months in Battery Park, right on the water. Beautiful. I had an office in Battery Park for 10 years. I did Lefrax Building, Gateway Plaza. I was the on-site agent. I rented all those apartments. That's who we are. After the pandemic, 1,700 yeah. apartments. Great building, great value as well on the water. You live in Gateway? Yes. Oh, my. Which apartment? I can't tell you that. <laughs> I'm a major superstar. People want, people love me and want to kill me. <laughs> I raised my kids there. I know it very well. Yeah, too many dogs, though. Too yeah. many dogs. I mean, they're, they're, you know, I love dogs. My wife and I love dogs. We've had dogs our whole marriage. We're married almost 31 years. But I walk into the elevator. There's three people and nine dogs every day. <laughs> I mean, the other day, dogs made duty in the elevator. They had to rip up the carpet and shut the thing down for like an hour and a half. It was brutal. All right. So uh, your recommendation is then re- come into the city. Rent an apartment. Business is coming back. Retail is getting better. We're on the mend. And you can still get great values, whether it's Brooklyn, New York City, any one of these spots today if you call Suzanne Miller. Absolutely. Thank you, Sid. <laughs> is, that, is that it? That's it. Uh, any other information, if folks want to contact you, how do they do it? Uh, com. If you Where's that located? I'm just curious. Fifty first Street and Seventh Avenue. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think you should download and subscribe to the Miller Report. You're gonna hear the inside track of the, these leaders, the CEOs of what's really happening in New York City. Awesome. And uh, what day of the week do you usually uh, take? It's usually that? Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Well, congratulations. You've Thank been very you. nice to me since you've been here. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Sid. Suzanne Miller, and uh, we're gonna come back and wrap up what's been an historic show. I just got a text from John Katzenmatidis. The main man, the great John Katzmatidis, congratulations, highest ratings ever on WABC with Donald Trump this morning. Thank you, John Katzmatidis. We'll close it up right after this.